Hello, beautiful people. It is Feel Good Friday, April 15th, 2022. This sports show begins now. Can't thank you enough for joining us here. I hope you had a fantastic evening last night, and I hope you enjoyed the hell out of Super Positive Thursday. Today kicks off, what, Super Bowl weekend for the Christians. Absolutely. This, you is bet. The, this is the biggest weekend for the um, Super Christians, the, the Christians. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, you know, a lot of closet Christians coming out this weekend. It's one of the big, big ones you got to show up for. So. Oh, you got to show your face at church just exactly. in case. Exactly. This is the right thing whenever you die. Boom. So happy, uh, happy Easter weekend to yep. the... Woo! Happy Super Bowl weekend. And this is a sports show, and we will definitely dive into that because the Colts are being saved. (laughs) Gilly Locks coming to town. We will talk about that in a second. But we have to cover a couple quick questions here about Easter. Mm -hmm. So Good Friday today. Correct. At Ty Schmidt, went to Catholic high school. Yes, I did, and Catholic grade school. Okay, so Good Friday today. Right. Jesus died today. Yes, at about 3 p.m. today. Why is it a Good Friday then? It's a good question. You know, I don't know. We we, got a lot of good stuff. We (laughs) did. I didn't do that intentionally, but we I uh, like didn't don't have school on Good Friday, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So it they do they do talk about that a lot. Like although it is Good Friday, you know, nothing great happens today. So although, is this like bad branding of the whole thing, or are they or is it because is it good branding? Is it because they took them off the cross and finally put them to bury? Yeah, but they Maybe, didn't bury but, him, right? They put him in a dead. tomb in a right. cave. And he also yeah. suffered quite a bit because I believe he was crucified around 9 a.m. and didn't die until about 3 p.m. Yeah. on the cross. Yeah, 317 or something yeah. like that, right? What? Yeah. Yeah, why? Jesus 317. Yeah. yeah, it was a long day for Jesus Christ. And then three days later, on Connor, on the third day mm-hmm. at Boston Connor, he moved the boulder from in front of the cave and said, What's up, bitches? That's right. I'm back. I'm back. And that's Easter. That's Easter. Yeah. And every Easter, there is a thought that maybe Jesus moves the boulder again and comes back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's there Sins. in spirit, you know, for the Easter vigil. Easter vigil, too, like the Saturday mass. Night? Saturday night Huge. is typically the longest mass of, like, the church calendar. Some places, like, it'll be a three-hour service. So that's the one they got to show face at? Or is the Sunday one at eh, noon the you, one they got to You can show get face. by with going on Sunday, but you better wear pa- pastel colors. If you show up, you know, not wearing Easter colors, people are going to be like, oh, this asshole, he, he has no idea what's yeah, going on. All right, on. so all, all of the people out there that are meh, cringe, yeah. yes. mm-hmm. you yes. know what I mean? I guess Saturday night's not the one they have to go to. No. Saturday night's the ones that the diehards go to. Bingo. Mm-hmm. The ones that are definitely going to heaven if they are right about religion. Yes. And what happens after death. The Saturday night one, that is the the diehards. They, they've been preparing and planning oh, for yeah. Saturday night's events. For sure. Probably going to bring their palms from Palm Sunday really? as well. Oh, yeah. What you the hell is a Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday is what so the cool. Sunday before... Uh, is it before Good Friday or yeah, is it, it was yeah. last Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. P.S. P.S. I'll be honest with you. I love you. I do not Great remember movie. what Palm Sunday significant is. Uh, you, significance. Went to, you went to Catholic grade school and Catholic high school? Yes. All I remember about Palm Sunday was hey, make sure you get your palms. Okay. Grab, grab your palms. That's really all I remember about Palm Sunday. All right. Well, happy Easter weekend. Happy, happy Easter, Easter weekend. Weekend. It was his entry to Jerusalem. There you go. Oh, that was whenever they were bringing him in to kill him? Basically, yeah. Kill him. So Palm kill Sunday him. is whenever they're bringing him into the arena. Slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Then Good Friday, 9 a.m. is when it started. The Italians. And then three, well, the one. Punches one, Pilate. Yeah, thanks punches a lot, pilot. pal. Mm-hmm. And then 317, he dies. Then Sunday, but. he comes out of his tomb. Why did they not bury him? Have we talked about that? Why he hasn't buried him? 
No, no, we have not talked. I think Nick hit the nail on the head on that one. What's that? Oh, come on. They put him in the tomb. He was, they, they considered that a burial back in the day. But I think the tomb was more reserved for people of higher stature. But they didn't think he was higher stature, right? But That's it, why they killed him. His, his people, Jesus' followers. Yeah, it was away from Oh, so his people took him off the cross yes. and said, Bingo. we're going to put him up in our own tomb over here. That's right. Mm-hmm. So they carried him as well? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they carry dead Jesus. Oh, uh-huh. uh, Oh, go ahead, Zito. So they did it so he, no one could steal his body. So that was his people, yes. Yeah. So yep. so they take his body off the cross, carry it to their cave. Then they put a boulder behind it. Why did they put mm-hmm. a boulder behind it so nobody could get to it? Yeah, yeah. seal it. So the no, Italians couldn't get him anymore. Yeah, the Italians. Yes, I'm saying the Italians. It was not the Italians. Well, it was. Who took the guy who killed him. Who killed him? Romans. Romans. Romans were made up of many peoples. A lot of them were German as well. Where's whoa, Rome? Whoa, 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 whoa. Where's Rome? Read a history book, gentlemen. I well, did. Rome, Rome? Rome is in Italy, but I okay. guess back in the day, it was probably Roman Empire. a little bit more yeah. vast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was everywhere. Anyway, they, the Italians killed Jesus, all right? And then <laughs> he moves the boulder, comes out, I'm back. That is what Easter is. Bingo. How long does he live whenever he's back? Because he goes back and tells everybody he's back, right? Mm-hmm. And then how long before he goes? And then on his way out, does he say, hey, I'm coming back? I don't know if he says I'm coming back. I know there's like the tr- people didn't believe it was him, but he had the stigmata marks mm-hmm. on his hands and his mm-hmm. feet. So they're like, holy shit, this really is Jesus. Okay. But I don't know how long that was. I don't think that was that long. It was 40 days. Yeah. Th- no. no, no, that's Lent that's no, no. to Easter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he made a couple stops, talked to some people like, hey, build a church here, build a church there. You but if do I do this. recall, it's not that long. I don't think, he I don't was think it's that, that long. long. No. 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 13 days, maybe, or something like that. I don't know. I think I've asked this question before. Ah, maybe longer than that. But how come everybody just assumes he's coming back then? Just because he did that one time? Because I know this weekend is a big, he's coming back. He has risen. He is, he is risen. risen. Right. Well, it's 40 days, allegedly. For the after? Yes. So 40 oh, wow. days from Lent yeah. to Easter, Zeta feels good. No, I was just saying that. Yep. Okay. That a baby ZD. So forty days. That's not that long, I guess. If you come back from uh, come back to life there. <laughs> well, happy Easter, everybody. Happy, happy Easter. Easter. Definitely Search for your that eggs. Cool photo too. Search for your eggs. Yeah. Me and my homies. The Last Supper was that before he got before, that was before. he died. Yeah, that was he yesterday. Died. So he wasn't a hundred percent sure yeah. that he was coming back because he called the Last Supper the before he died, right? Mm-hmm. That Andy wanted to be like, hey, Judas, I fucking know it was you. <laughs> I know it was you, buddy. No, but Judas was the one that said that he's been saying all that shit. Judas was the one who, yeah, betrayed him and basically gave him up to the Romans. It's also fucked up. In the photo they took together, he has a knife in his hand. Who, Judas? Judas, In the Last Supper. Wow, it's crazy. Is he cutting food or? No, he has a symbolism. A little foreshadow. Oh, that was a foreshadow. They could have been eating steaks, though. Well, the artist might have taken some. I was going to say, because the picture itself never got correctly, you know, transferred into the photo. So Jesus didn't know he was coming back back it sounds like though because he had that last supper he could have just said hey tomorrow's just another day i'll see you guys on sunday or do you think it was like he was building up the gimmick a little bit more like hey this is the last supper we're gonna have let's make sure we get a photo here mm-hmm. and then when he comes back sunday he's like oh, i'm tom brady i was retired i'm fucking back you yeah know, just a couple days later it's like, like a nice reminder like hey i am that dude okay okay like, you thought i was gone i am not do you think maybe he when he died at 317 what and he was that dude. He goes up to uh, God, or his where, father, where mm-hmm. his father, or mother, I guess. Or but, mother. Or not, it could have been a mother because he, he dropped his seed into Mary. Yeah, that's right. And Joe and was vir- said she said yeah. she was a virgin. Cool. So there's Joe. a lot of questions around that. Joe had incredible trust and faith. He did. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Joe, dude. Shout out to Joe. Joe. So you think whenever he was on the cross, he goes up, 
And then he goes, I'm going to need you to go back down on Sunday or whatever. Do you think he didn't know the plan? Do you think Jesus had the plan all along? I think Jesus knew the plan. And what's the Last Supper all about then? I think it was kind of like you you fake your own death and go to your own funeral so you can hear everybody tell like all oh, the cool so stuff about you. Oh, so that's what the Last Supper was. He wanted to hear what yeah. the boys had to like, say. Hey, guys, I, this might be it. What do you like about me? Yeah. Paul, what do you got? Yeah. Peter. Judas, fucking let go ahead and spill it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prick. Judas, you fucking prick. Son of a bitch. You asshole. I know you're going to kill me. Put the knife down. We're fucking eating lettuce. <laughs> Yeah. And porridge. Mm-hmm. What do they eat back then? All breaking bread, bread. And breaking yeah. wine. Oh, because his blood fish yeah, turned to wine. Right? That whole fish. thing. That was that last supper. Mm-hmm. No, that no. was that was the wedding of Galilee. The wedding of Galilee. Go. It was a good event, huh? That's when he. Well, did the blood they were the like, "Hey, thing? we got no booze," and Jesus was like, "Oh, really? Boom! Yeah, we do." And then, oh yeah, a lot of barrels of wine. Really? Mm-hmm. Just he was blowing a one point oh. yeah. He, he was blowing, <laughs> he, he was slapping the back. His bad. His blood was wine. Yeah. That's why everybody drinks it yes. uh-huh. at the thing. And mm-hmm. slaps the bag. No, you don't, you don't slap the bag at the church thing, remember? No. Oh, we just did it for no. Ty's wedding. It didn't happen at all. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. There was no bag slapping it. That was like the most Catholic church of all time. Not Catholic. What was it? Uh, Episcopalian? Yeah, but what was that church there? It was like George Washington. Oh, it was like, it was like, oh, it's one of the fish. oldest churches in America. Yeah, so that church yeah. seen some things. Oh, gee. oh, yeah. And they have been... Praise in there for a long time. Yeah, long time. It was an honor to be in there, to be honest. It's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, George Washington, you know, used to go there. Was he in the pew that you were in way up there? Yeah. Who was in the pew we were in, you think? I was in a good pew in the back. I was like in the purple. John Adams, I heard. Yeah, yeah John Adams. Adams. Quincy. Quincy. Oh, and Franklin. <laughs> All right, let's get to some sports. Happy Easter. Happy everybody. Easter. Happy Easter everybody. Happy yeah. we can figure that out. Yeah. I still got a lot of questions. Sure. But yeah. I don't know if you're necessarily the guy that needs to be taking it. And I don't know if this show needs to be the place where it's at. <laughs> okay. Should we get a priest on? But I do try to see. Get Joel. They all have a completely different ver- uh, version of it, though, than like a pastor. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. sure. And then, you know, it's very yeah. interesting. I'm happy these things happen, though, because everybody's coming together. Then the Easter Bunny came along and said, even if you don't, we can still have a good time. That's right. You know, just yeah. like the whole Santa thing. Hey, come on. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and do this. Let's celebrate it. Even though this is bigger than Jesus' birthday, though, for the Christian folks, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, this yeah. is biggest weekend of the year. For sure. All right. Congratulations. Have a great one. Hope everybody enjoys the hell out of it. Hope the weather is fantastic. You know how the weather is in Indianapolis right now? Oh, Fucking not- great. Stephon Gilmore officially an Indianapolis coach. And I know Jesus came out of a cave in a couple days from now. All right. I understand that. But Stephon Gilmore arriving in a 757 yesterday that Jim Irsay sent to pick him up. We knew there was no way he was getting out of that building without signing a deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Jim Irsay is a fucking closer. And although the Colts have been very quiet and very slow and monotonous and patient through this entire free agency period, because we do have some holes on our particular roster that is about ready to go on a Super Bowl run in a very difficult AFC. Getting a lockdown corner who, by all accounts of people that watch his film, say he still got it. Signing him to a two-year, $23 million deal with four. 14 million guaranteed. How you doing? Keep it moving. Welcome to Indianapolis, Gilly Law. Uh, Josina Anderson was on this first. I believe Gilly texted her and let her know that he is officially signing with the Colts. I'd like to know the questions that were asked and why it took a day and a half, Gilly. Okay. Mm. I hope. I hope you enjoyed the hell out of everything. Or maybe they're just taking it slow like they have all free agency period. But this makes our team immediately better. You can plug in place. And that defense is stacked. Because not only do you have DeForest Buckner down on the defensive line, who's an all-pro. Mm-hmm. Darius Leonard, who's an all-pro. Kenny Moore, who's an all-pro, who's up 
His contract, I believe, is up in 2023, I yeah. think. Soon. I think it's up soon. He put out a, a big eye. So he's pro bowler, all pro. You got nothing. Julian Blackman coming back mm-hmm. right. off of injury. Absolute stud. And then on the uh, yeah, uh, Yannick Ngakwe just got traded for on the other side. Quiddy Pay was a rookie last year. That team is ready to go, it feels like, defensively. Offensively, we just don't have any weapons. Yeah. So I assume all eyes on the draft for weapons, and even though Jarvis Landry's out there. Welcome to Indy Gillylock. You make us better. I'm excited about it. Uh, sorry about it, Patriots. You guys are fucking dead. I'm not worried about that. I mean, you guys have to worry about the Titans, but I mean, this is the perfect answer for, you know, Bob Woods and A.J. Bryan on that side of the ball. So, I mean, this is a great trade for the Colts. This is probably, what, the best team Matt Ryan's ever trade. had? Signing, excuse me. Yeah, I still think, still think he's on New England, but whatever. But seriously, this is probably Matt Ryan's best team. Like, although you lack a few weapons, best running back he's ever had, best O-line he's ever had, but like, if he can just, you know, game manage, which gets buried, but in a good way. Like, if he can just game manage every game and just let the defense kind of lock it down, they'll Complete be fine. Complete some balls, yeah. hand the ball off, manage the game. Yeah. Let's not sprain both of our ankles on one play. Nope. Let's not throw a left-handed fadeaway pick six in the end zone. Right, it's a division rival. You know, there's things like that that if he gets in there and does well, Matt Ryan's got to be pumped about this. Yeah. And yeah. there's an entire list. It was a tweet of all the things that the uh, Colts have done via Zach Kiefer, who writes for The Athletic, I think, formerly of Indy Star. Good writer. Good guy. Trade for quarterback Matt Ryan. How you doing? Keep it moving. Yannick Ngakwe. We lose Rocky Sin, though. They're bringing back in Mo Ali Cox, college basketball player, absolute monster of a man. Tight end. I think Matt Ryan will enjoy him. Zaire Franklin, Tyquan Lewis, Matt Pryor, Brandon Fess. Fasson. 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 Oh, it's French? Fasson. 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 I think it's Fasson. Fasson. Signed him, though. Yep. <laughs> Got him. Good sign. He's a fucking good player. Yeah. Right? Rodney McLeod out of the Eagles, Armani Watts, Brandon King, Ooh. and Stephon Gilmore. A lot of moves getting made. Haven't really addressed the glaring issue of weapons on the offense that has sure. been there for two years, but I like the fact that we're getting better. At Tone Diggs, one half of the hammer. Dad! Cowboys. Gilly Lock's a game changer, though. Gilly Lock is an absolute game changer. He's a champion, that guy. You need him because with Rocky Sin gone, I mean, I didn't know. I don't know the other starting corner's name. I just looked it up. I, I still don't know who he is. Um, well, so with, I'm just saying the corner was a position of need, and you and you got that check. Now in the first round of the draft, you could get a wide receiver. That'll be good. Uh, do you think they say don't let the guy out of the building? You think he slept over last night? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering because they got a good facility over there now. Maybe they had him sleep in the indoor. Say, hey, this mm-hmm. is what it feels. Play, it played uh, chants from Colts fans at games. Yeah. yeah. You know, then, then so, sometimes. And then they, uh, you know, they let him relax. Very loud against the Pats. A lot of Very, very loud. That that stadium can get loud. Yes. But also, it's pretty comfortable. So <laughs> yeah. If the game is kind of just, you know, back and forth, kind of trading jabs, it does get a little bit of a, mm-hmm. um, a white noise in yeah. the background. Yeah. But then whenever it needs to be loud, it's loud. Maybe he slept there. Maybe he stayed the night. Maybe he slept at Jim Irsay's house. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe there's a full concert for him. He That'd walked be. around the museum that Jim Irsay has purchased. He probably seen the Beatles there last night. Fucking ZZ Top was playing. Right. And Jim Irsay was like, hey, Gilly Lock, I understand Robert Kraft was a, cool, a good guy. Okay, probably. Who knows, actually? We don't know. Maybe. Maybe a good guy. He helps. But is there anybody... 
I'll give you this whole wing, dude. Fuck that. I got a house down here. You can just live here. Come lock it down. The fact that he sent the plane for a corner, mm -hmm. I think is a massive compliment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's normal. I'd assume Gillylock appreciated it and respected it. What a player, though. Now let's talk to another team that has an interesting situation heating up in the contract front. You remember when Eric Burkhardt, the agent for Kyler Murray, uh -huh. took to Twitter and said, let me lay out why Kyler Murray deserves a payday right the fuck now. And then Kyler Murray took all of his Arizona Cardinals photos off of his Instagram. Mm. So we're like, whoa, social media is telling us not only Kyler, but his representation, they're wanting the money right now. It's our money and we want it now. They saw what Aaron signed for. They saw what Russell Wilson signed. They saw what Matthew Stafford signed for. They saw what Deshaun Watson signed. They saw saw what all these quarterbacks signed for. And Kyler Murray and his representation were like, what were the Cardinals before we got here? Fucking trash. Yeah, stunk. They had Rosen as their quarterback. Yikes. That's who they thought was going to be their guy. No offense to Josh Rosen, other than the fact that it appears as if you are not a good NFL quarterback. Bad at football. Now, you might have been able to figure it out. Good at football would be better than you. Absolutely. And your friends is good in college. NFL's Didn't work out in the every NFL. game. Seemed like. He said, every year we've got here, we've won more games, 11 games, and we're in the toughest conference, made the playoffs. What are we doing? Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get this deal done. And Kyler said he's not too worried about his future with the Cardinals, so I think he's gotten back into putting Cardinals stuff back on his Instagram. We assume that that has been kind of like, you know, relaxed situation. Then Tom Pelissero's tweeting it out again, and other people are starting to tweet it out again. And it's like, oh, so Burkhart or somebody's trying to make this a conversation piece because they were hoping for a contract extension before the draft. Now we're 13 days away from the draft spectacular. What is going to happen in Arizona? Who knows? But if he signs, then Joey Burrow, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Him and his people got to be like, well... I mean, we want to have a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. So you need to pay me now. Lamar Jackson's just sitting back watching all of this yeah. thinking, hey, more contracts, the better. I guess that's his entire motive in this thing. But this is interesting. If they pay him this early, other quarterbacks who have any sense of success at all on their rookie contracts are going to say, no more. We would like 30, 40 million a year, just like everybody else is getting. Well, I saw someone said, too, that they should call his bluff because of Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, but both those guys got paid and then f and then teams traded for their contracts. Like, can the Cardinals do anything? They're kind of hamstrung. Like, you can't let Kyler go. I mean, and he, if he says he's not going to play unless he gets a new contract, is there even anything they can do? They have to pay him. I don't think I read that properly or right. Did Kyler say he won't play without a contract, or did his agent say? That's what Palacero was reporting. It doesn't say that specifically in the tweet, but multiple other people have basically quoted him saying, Murray's not playing this year if he doesn't get a new contract. So fascinating. It's good wild. business, I guess, for Kyler. A very, very good business for Kyler. I hope everybody makes a bazillion dollars. But it's going to see the ripple effect will be fantastic as well because the Cardinals know that if they pay him, just like how Bishotti was talking about um, – Haslam and them over mm -hmm. in Cleveland, given the deal that they gave. And then Katie Taylor at the Bengals was also talking about that. The Cardinals, though, if they pay Kyler uh, while he's still on his rookie contract, although he has another year left and he has had success, that's immediately all eyes now go to every other young quarterback that has any success in their first two years. And it's like, all right, you can no longer get quarterbacks on a rookie contract. You can no longer use these guys for cheap pay so you can pay everybody else, even though they're the most important position on any team, and we all know it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to play out. If he's not going to play, they are kind of fucked, I think, unless they got mm -hmm. Colt McCoy over there. Yeah. And 
with Russ leaving the division and like that, maybe Cliff Kingsbury was slinging around. And their window to go is right now. Yeah, you know, now, and they got a team. Yeah, and they just bring back AJ Green yesterday on a one-year deal. Congrats to AJ. Congrats to the Cardinals making that happen. But the ripple effect on if they sign Kyler will be a fascinating one for sure. Well, and like we don't know the exact details, but you got to assume because of Deshaun's fully guaranteed, that's probably what he's oh, yeah. asking for too. And how many guys going into their fourth year is like this is kind of the period where they get paid like Josh Allen going into his fourth year. I think Mahomes going into his fourth year. That's kind of when they get these massive contracts. Well, especially if they have success because you can get that fifth-year option uh, yeah. figured yeah. out. Them, the way it's gone down has been so fascinating, especially because it's now starting to heat back up. What'd you say, Tom? I was just trying to look. I was looking that up. Connor's point right there. Uh, it's happened to six quarterbacks in the last 10 years who have got paid after their third season. Um, it was Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. And oh, Ryan, so this is status quo. So he's Tannehill. not asking for anything unprecedented at all. No. For whatever reason, I think Kyler's younger than he actually is, I guess. Do you think he saw what happened with Baker? who Baker going into his fourth year then ends up getting hurt and plays through it, and now his stock is basically zero. And he took the Browns to the playoffs, too. Yeah, yeah has Kyler won a playoff game? No. no. I don't think so. No, last year was his first no. year in the playoffs. And they lost. I think all those Bad. other guys did. Yeah. He also didn't want to go in the game. Yeah, but Tannehill – no, he did, right? You know, you got in paid Miami? by a Dolphins, you're saying? Yeah, but yeah. that was like $90 million or something. I forget what the number yeah. was. It was like 88 or something. I remember like I put a tweet out about it because – I actually said if Tannehill is getting, I think it was like $90 million from the Dolphins, like Andrew Luck is going to get like 10% of the Colts. Because mm-hmm. at that point, we had <laughs> yeah. already gone to the AFC Championship. We had already done it again. We've already, like, he got paid before Luck did almost. And I was like, boom. I got yelled at, obviously, for putting that tweet up because I was talking about uh, uh, contracts or something like that. I was like, uh, that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was a joke, clearly. And by the way, if, if somebody's using my tweet as leverage against you as a business person, like you probably shouldn't fucking be yeah, right. in, the, in the position you're in. And guess what? They probably are still going to do exactly what I said. Oh, and by the way, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way, they did. But anyways, it was a good tweet. You could have said that. So I'll let you go back. Good tweet is what you said. <laughs> okay, thank you. Get off my ass. But yeah, Tannehill got paid like nine. It wasn't like it is now. Correct. Where it's no. like the that was probably when I in the because the tweet was in the last ten years. That was probably ten years ago or whatever when Tannehill got that. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think he got like a. Uh, maybe he did because my reaction was like, if that's what he's getting, this is what Luck's going to mm-hmm. have to get. So I guess it was a lot of money at the time, but now it's like the salary cap Correct. percentages that everybody's expecting, yeah. and I mean Kyler. What are the chances they lose Kyler if he doesn't get a deal? Sounds like pretty high. I yeah. Mean, he deleted it all from his Instagram. His agent went public and said, hey, this is how this is all going to go. Now, they have backed off of that, it seemed like, until this point. But it feels like Kyler's a guy that will say, yeah, fuck you. All right, I will actually do this for the sake of business. By the way, I will not judge him because business is business. However, you got to do what you got to do. People have been paid in the past. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested. I'm very, very interested to see how it goes. Yeah, and obviously, like, you know, I don't know him on a personal level, but you just look at, like, the way he kind of interacts with people and his body language. Like, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just going to, like, pony up and go play because they said no. Like, he seems like he's, yeah, exactly. He's got other shit he can be doing to him, mm-hmm. FaZe Clan. And it, like, he could very easily just be like, okay, well, if you're not going to pay me, then fuck you guys. I'm yeah, not going to play. I'll just go make money on the internet. Or... I think I could still swing a bat. They're giving yeah. up guaranteed money <laughs> yeah, over there. Exactly. I'm going to make $150 million with the A's. You guys were not great before I got here. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Please. Now, I know it's Cliff Kingsbury. I know you made a lot of other signings as well. Nuke has been great. But the team as a whole uh, was has taken much 
needed steps into getting to where you want to go. The ownership will say, well, we started investing in players. We started going all in more. Cliff Kingsbury's offense, much more suited for the current NFL than maybe the previous one. They can have all their excuses. But Kyler, the most important position on the field, quarterback, has all the leverage in the world at this point. Go ahead, uh, Z. So, like, I know it's a business, but should teammates ever be jaded by, like, a decision like this? No, no, no. Never. 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 That's, like, a thing. Like okay. Working yeah. out with J.J. Watts, though. Yeah, he's working out, mm-hmm. still. He's doing his whole thing. But, like, nobody ever... Okay. Like, hey, it's you don't pocket watch, right? That's like a big thing. Don't pocket watch, which I've learned doesn't happen in other professions. Like people pocket watch all the time, I guess, because it sets that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But pocket watching, although you should know what everybody else is getting paid, is whenever you feel a certain type of way about what somebody else is getting versus what you're getting, and you let it get in the way of like your personal friendship. Like that's not on either of you. That's on the person that's paying the money and you for figuring that whole thing out. So I feel like the NFL has a pretty good culture about that. I think now. Uh, other teams players get paid then there's a lot of like that motherfucker got what and then like mm-hmm. boom 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 but within the team I don't think you'll ever hear a player come out and be like oh this is incredibly selfish of him to do this because it's just we're all trying to make as much money as possible in this thing because we all very much understand this is a business you know and if you realize where a lot of guys come from like if you were to get upset about a guy looking to get more money or try to get the money that he thinks he's worth or that he is actually worth and you like know where it comes from and like what he's been through it's hard to be like oh hey man fucking you know like go on Save and something for the rest of us yeah, yeah. but i guess that hell. did happen uh that's what greg jennings was saying was happening or yeah whatever. yeah yeah but that, i doubt it by the way because that is like a long-standing nfl like code almost and like same deal he's the only one who's saying that you don't hear any other former teammates of rogers coming out and saying anything like that yeah it's kind of a shot because i do believe like even the nflpa would get uh involved if people were saying like hey uh let's remember we're happy for our teammates when they get paid money you know mm-hmm. what I mean? like that is this is what this whole thing is, which is very accurate. So maybe personally inside, they will be like, hey, Kyler, fucking show up to work. But you'll never hear anybody publicly say mm-hmm. it because it's all about, hey, we got to get our money. How we got to get our money. Speaking of money, Roger Goodell is expecting $200 million to go to Detroit. Whoa. Draft Holy next shit. year in Jeez. Detroit, Michigan. How'd they get the draft? Did they have to bid on it? Did they have to pay for it? Did they have to put together a presentation? None of us know. But Commissioner Goodell expects the economic impact of the draft to be around $200 million. For the city of Detroit, wow. reported by Danny Rogers at Danny Rogers underscore underscore. I believe two of them there at the end. A lot of Danny Rogers with IEs before uh-huh. this particular Danny Rogers was able to get the Twitter handle. Uh, I wonder if that's from previous amount that like Nashville got and Cleveland got, even though it was in the middle of a COVID yeah. or whatever, or if this is them just talking about you know cash in pockets that they've experienced before projected cash and revenue to the businesses around where the draft is, or if they're talking like advertising money as well, Yeah, you know, like for the city of Detroit and like for the things around Detroit, like $200 million value. Like, what does that mean? What what exactly is that just straight cash in the community or does it mean all the other shit that's coming with it? I always thought it was straight cash in the community. You know, like I think that's what they want you to think. Yeah. And I, I think that now strictly because you said for the advertising, but like if they show the city, that's actually that'll take away from Detroit. Yeah, right. So I'm like wondering. Yeah, that'd geez, be a negative. That'd Tony. be a, Tony. that'd be a red Tony. line. Tony. Tony. There's a couple great parts. I mean, what's Greek time? Greek time. Greek time. Oh, great casino. Mom's spaghetti. Oh, mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. spaghetti right there in the three one three. Sounds awesome. What's that road they do parade dance? Woodward. 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 That's probably where the draft will be, right? Right on Woodward. I Dunner? would assume so. And that's where the uh, Tigers have their stadium there. Yeah, oh, beautiful mm. park. 
and then I think oh, everything's all downtown. Foxy. I haven't been, dude. I haven't been downtown Detroit in like five years. What's that? My entire life. Well, I live here now, and we work very hard here. So what? Yeah, not a lot of time. time. Just go back to no, Detroit and watch like, your teams how did, lose. How did Detroit? get this in the first place did they not have to pay to get the draft in the first place so roger goodell then is this 200 million net or growth right. yeah. yeah that's how it works right it's a bid super bowl it? is a big time like bid you, they put together entire committees i remember the uh when indianapolis got it they tried to get it again there's an entire committee that has to present and do why and how and how much it would cost and i think like that whole thing huh. and what they'd pay for and what they wouldn't pay i think i don't know all the ins and outs of it because i have never been in a meeting but i do remember meeting a couple of people around town who felt very good about themselves because they were a part of the super bowl pitch committee oh, sure. nice. you know they were riding around in indianapolis motor speedway pace cars yeah. and then showing up with uh blazers on and then i was getting introduced oh this is blah 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 he's not only a member of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, blah, 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 but he's also a member of the Super Bowl Committee, oh. uh, Selection Committee, trying to get uh, Super Bowl back to Indianapolis. I'm like, Thanks for your service. Wow. Yeah. wow. Appreciate wow. it, dude. Did you have boots on the fucking ground out there? That, they wanted me to treat him as if he was like a Navy SEAL. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for your service, bro. All right. I appreciate that. It was great for Indianapolis. Wow. Like The Combine, great for Indianapolis. The Super Bowl, great for Indianapolis. The Patriots lose. And the amount of business that came to Indianapolis was incredible. The draft in Nashville, I have no idea what the the full economic fallout was that, but I, uh, that was. But I would assume that was fucking great for Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about Cleveland because I think the weather was terrible and where it was set up and COVID, it was COVID was happening. So I don't know if it was that Cleveland. that great. Yeah. Well. I think Cleveland would say, yeah, we get so fucking unlucky. We get the draft. It's supposed to be this big spectacle, <laughs> yeah. and the weather's yeah. terrible, and it's in the middle of COVID when nobody's allowed to be anywhere. Yeah. Weather's going to be everything for Detroit. If it's nice out, it'll be great, but if not, it's going to stink. There's a chance it's not going to be great, though? Yeah. Oh, big time. April, it could snow. All right, we'll talk to TJ Lang in the third hour today. He's oh, yeah. in Michigan. We'll ask him his thoughts on a draft coming to town and $200 million valuation coming to the city because maybe he'll clean that place up a little bit. Oh. Uh, they yeah. might even, too, just wheel all the players out in like the nicest four GTs that they got, and then, you know, Jerry Jones sees one. He's like, you know what? Give me that fucking thing right Boom. now. There's $270,000 yeah. in town. Easy. Boom. There's another one. <laughs> Boom. Do you remember when Indominus Sue was driving around in that sweet Chrysler, that commercial they had? Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Oh, so is that awesome. tiny little one? No, it was uh, the big boy. And they had, well, it was an Eminem song, right? Yeah, Playing. Yeah, yeah, it was like the most. Oh, yes, yes, ever. yes, yes. Super Bowl commercial. Was Kid Rock riding around with him? I think it was yeah. Shotgun, yeah. How about the guy from Kiss, Gene? Yeah, Gene Simmons was there. How about um, Miguel Cabrera? White Boy Rick Jack was in the White. trunk. White Boy Rick was in jail still. Yeah. <laughs> he got pretty oh, right. Tim Allen. Oh, Tim oh, Allen. Allen. He had all the energy. Talking right. about moving weight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, Chrysler 300. White Boy Rick and Tim Allen. Those two. Oh, yeah. Move snow, dude. Yeah. We ain't talking about plots. Uh-uh. <laughs> we are talking moving weight. Remember when Chrysler 300 was basically a Bentley? Yeah, that's how it was being sold there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now it's at Genesis. The Genesis thing yeah. is the yeah. Bentley. Yes. Mm -hmm. I guess the Genesis people, I guess that's a uh, family of Kia. And Genesis is the uh, like super luxury vehicle mm -hmm. of like Asia. Okay. Oh. Like it is like the... Uh, the hoity-toity. I don't know if it's Bentley or... But like Mercedes. Supper. It's like the Mercedes. Yeah. Is, the Tesla. I think so, yeah. It's what I was told when I was looking at one of them because I saw a commercial. I'm like, that looks like a really fucking nice car. And I saw the price tag on it. I'm like, I guess it's a nice car. Yeah. And then when I looked at it, I was like, very nice car. Save Tiger. Very, very nice car. It's a beautiful. Yeah. They're fucking very, very nice. They have all. And by the way, as somebody had, that owned a Bentley, like that was the worst car I've ever owned in my life. <laughs> yeah. Think you move, fucking, though. The worst. 
What's that? I said the thing could move though. Yeah, but it couldn't stop. It was a fucking <laughs> yeah. train, that thing. And then it was just everything about it was shit. Do you remember that Foxy? That yeah, car? Yeah, we rode around in that a lot. Here's like here because it was the only car we had in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Air conditioner just broke out of nowhere. It's like, how does this happen on that a car? That was the worst one. Yeah, it was 145 degrees in Florida. We're sitting in that car. <laughs> then you this this is gonna sound so petty, but it's real. You put it into reverse. You know how in F-150, you put it in reverse? Nowadays, any car post, what, 1999 probably? Sure. There's a camera that pops up. Mm -hmm. You put it in reverse. That's a three-second wait for that camera to pop uh -huh. up. And then, boom, it's up. It's like, how does my F-150 have, like, 10x the amount of more convenient shit in a car than this fucking Bentley? I couldn't wait to sell that thing. I got rid of that as quick as possible. Terrible deal. Got ripped off. <laughs> if I could take it. Off the it hands. Is, but it's nowhere near as much, worth as much as you're paying for this thing. But that Genesis car was super nice. I remember that. And the Chrysler 300, you're right. People were rolling that. Uh -huh. as oh, yeah. oh, yeah. They were, they were big. That's how you know you're a man of people. This Bentley, very nice luxury vehicle. Fuck that. Give me the F-150. That's real. Mm -hmm. That was very real. I was so sick of that thing. I would have left that on the side of a highway if I could. <laughs> but Z and I actually had to take it to you know figure it out for the air conditioning and they gave us not even like not a, a rental car yeah it's a fucking uber out of here yeah. like, really, you fucking let's get to a break audi's giving us a guy yeah, yeah. what the hell smart car gives you a ride home granted i mean i had a mustache it was me and zito like we did look like we just stole the fucking bentley but yeah i look like that in there too <laughs> it was a smooth ride though because that thing Fair. was probably 10 million pounds yeah. oh yeah yeah. Well, that's why, yeah you had to be careful too you know driving down those back roads because if you go too fast you're gonna bottom out and you know <laughs> gonna race it up, right? by the way this day however many i think titanic went down today oh, oh, wow. oh that's oh. right I saw it on the internet yeah same day fenway park opened thank you jackie robinson day Jackie Big Robinson, man. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Jackie Robinson. Thank you, Jackie. Jackie. What about the mental toughness of Jackie oh. Robinson? Huh. Weapon. Just the amount of terrible things that were probably said to him throughout his entire life, and he just kept on, eh, but I'm fucking better at baseball than you are. Yeah. The yeah. amount yeah. of mental toughness, insanity. I watched an E60 on him this week, actually. It was it was very eye-opening. About the world? Like how, like, mental toughness, his mental toughness. Like, going from the Army to baseball, like, it was... He, Great guy. Yeah. Beast. Happy Jackie Robinson. Day. Happy Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson day. All right, we're back in four minutes with some phone calls on the Five Energy phone line. I think we hit all the news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple more things we'll chat about. Nine referees have retired this offseason in the NFL. Yeah, it's not good. That is a sneaky big thing. Mm -hmm. Because remember the replacement refs, oh. the uh, entire holdout, the old. Uh, this yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who could forget? Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> is that That's scumbag right. gone? Tony Carrente? Yeah. I, I do believe so. Yeah. yeah. Good riddance. Well, See, we just kind of pissed on his grave there. Yeah. He had good years. He did. This did is he? just like Walt Anderson. Mm -hmm. Like, Walt Anderson had good years. But once once he got into, like, his 50th year of refing in the NFL, he mm -hmm. might have lost it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it happens. Like, Carrente, you know, he might have got a little bit too big for his britches. He never right. had a fastball. Like, 40 years in. I think he did, though. I think Carrente yeah, had a fastball he? at one point. I think he was good. I think he was probably uh, endearing to people and charming the way he acted. But then he got, you know, I'm bigger than the game. Yeah. That probably happened 35 years into his NFL refing career uh, when he couldn't run anymore. Right. When everybody was definitely faster than him and they just kept recycling the same refs because there was no pipeline of younger refs that were anywhere near worth a fuck exactly. so now all those refs that are retiring nine of them there's some good refs that are retiring oh, by yeah. the way that we don't know about because they're not the ones speaking into the camera they might be a back judge or side judge or something like that this is going to be a big story next year at some point because there'll be a brand new ref that's going to make some call that an old ref would have made mm -hmm. but it'll be 
you know, talked about because it's a brand new ref. Yep. Nine of them at least. That's a lot of referees. To that is about. a lot. Yes. How many How many crews are there in total? Do we know? It's probably not that. I mean, 16. Got to be at least that. Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, I think there's probably like two There's probably two extras. Yeah, I, I mean, that's. You know, you lose a guy off half of those crews, like that makes a big deal. Big deal. Yeah. And what are they calling? Right. You know, how many had refs? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a. We'll be back in 17 crews. Yeah. 17. 17. Okay. Two swing officials is what Zito said. Oh, that makes sense. Plus, now they have the. video people that are full-time right and hopefully the new replays did they do, did they change the replay thing i don't think so uh, yeah so. i don't think it's changed i thought we, we didn't we celebrate that. i thought the I thought hog was... vision thing wasn't that, that the was, thing that was before last season though yeah, that was it? last that oh, last last God. season but i feel like a few weeks ago we celebrated something the usfl was the testing a bunch of that like the new stuff that the, well, and the xfl is officially a testing yeah, ground right yeah. <laughs> He's a man who probably did the same for his plays in Centerville, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Guy who had 41 tackles in a high school football game twice. Jeez. College football national champion, Ohio State Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, COVID survivor, AJ Hall. AJ! AJ, you played Jesus at your high school's play of Jesus's thing? Uh, I was not in any school plays or really any play of any sort but i i imagine i would have gone out for the role of jesus no question mm-hmm. why is that because the hair and the, the... Be a great role what do you mean don't if you're gonna be in a play don't you want to have a bunch of lines mm. well i don't know he does seem to be chatty right they got that book he said a lot yeah, yeah. yeah. I very mean, he, preachy he was well for good reason yeah, yeah. For good reason. Speaking of words. but happy easter to you aj happy, happy easter, easter aj Judas. yes oh. happy easter to all of you Thank you. Happy Jackie Robinson Day to you, AJ. Happy Jackie, Jackie Robinson, Robinson Day, AJ. Hey, we talked about Darren Ravel. Isn't he leading the charge? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Darren Ravel has more Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, memorabilia in his basement than anybody else. He is not racist. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jackie Robinson. We talked about in the first hour. Think about his mental toughness, AJ. The amount of shit that was said it, from Army into the obviously into the majors, being the first black dude in there. The amount of things that had to be said to that dude, and he just continued to just like, yeah, whatever, dude. Well, watch me hit this fucking ball, dude. Huh? That's incredible to me. I think that should be talked about a lot more. I know, obviously, Trailblazer, incredible, but the mental toughness, he might be the mentally toughest human in the history, because sports involve mental toughness to begin with, mm-hmm. let alone that entire thing. What a legend, dude. Do you think uh, maybe some like current athletes, when they get upset when people like fans go, oh, hey, you suck. You're not as good as you used to be. You think they ever think back and like, hey, maybe I can handle some of this stuff compared to what this guy was doing. Could you imagine what I've said to Jackie Robbins? Yeah, like whenever I missed uh, a couple kicks in a game against the University of Pittsburgh and it cost us an opportunity to go to the national championship and we lost by four. Well, I took a safety. We would have lost by six, but we lost by four. The things that were being said to me, oh, I never felt like a... Like to your face? Uh, No. Obviously, not. well, on the way out of the stadium, yeah, there were some things, and I, there, I wonder if there's a photo. I mean, I gave a couple to some people too, because I obviously felt terrible about myself. I felt terrible for my teammates and everything. But then the things that were said—that was Facebook. That was back when Facebook was just starting. So I mean, the things that were happening on there, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was getting a lot of it. So I seen a lot of pictures of people. I didn't. I mean, I don't know if that's face to face or not. I seen a lot of pictures of things it being said to me, and then there was some shit thrown at my car outside, and I thought like about. 
Like, hey, I'm going to disappear, man. I, I need to no longer be seen ever again. And I didn't know what that meant exactly. I actually hopped in my Jeep and just drove, like, towards uh, towards Virginia through Maryland. I got, like, hours and hours and hours away. Like, I was just going to disappear or whatever. And if you think about, like, that, that was just one moment in my life where it, like, changed me forever, calloused me forever. I actually needed that, I think, to get to where I'm at. Jackie Robinson had that, what, every fucking day of his life? Like, I don't know how the hell he was able to do it. Honestly, I have no clue how he and was perform at a super high level. Like, that's the thing. Like, in baseball, too, I would imagine every time he was up to bat, how do you not think everybody's going to hit me? Like, oh, they're going to throw at me. Yeah. Like, that would be so difficult. And then if you have success, like, I guess your teammates would be happy for you, right? Mm. Because I feel like... You would hope so. Yeah. They treated him like shit, though. That was a big part yeah. of it, too. With the so exception of one or two guys, like the entire team treated him like shit, too. So there's zero, there's zero positive, like basically zero, like, hey, you're doing great. Like that is in your day to day. That's insane. And they're actively, about. like, everyone's actively rooting against you pretty much, too. Yeah, because, you know, what could happen, remember, <laughs> like that thought of, remember, Jackie does well, remember what could happen. That's every other player in the league. Every teammate probably thinking that. Yeah. Oh, shout out to that mental tough. Shout out. He was hit 72 times in his career, Zito just said. And Jeez. I don't know what a baseline is for how many times people are hit. That sounds like a lot of beams, though. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's, I'm not, that's a decent amount. I don't know how many years he played, but that's a lot. I don't know baseball. Happy Jack. And now we're, now we're pulling guys after the seventh, pitching a perfect game. Well, that's how. By so the he, way. Was, it, was it after the seventh inning that he got pulled? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 80 pitches was his limit. Yeah, Dave Roberts, though, manager. There's got to be exceptions. Hey, like, nope. okay, maybe if it's a no-hitter, you pull me. Perfect game. How about will you let me give it a shot for two more innings? Dave Roberts read the stats. Have you read the stats? Have we talked to – like, what does Jet Passon think? Does he think, hey, Ooh, what? Oh, you know, I don't know if we're allowed to talk to Jet Passon oh, ever yeah. again because Jet Passon said what? something on somebody else's show yeah. that got him and ESPN into a bunch of shit. And, uh, I don't Is know. he still with ESPN? Yes, he's still with ESPN, but I haven't even broached the subject of having him come on our show oh, because – I don't even know what he did. Well – it wasn't really anything, actually. The reason why we're speaking about Jeff Passon right now is because he was pissed off that they didn't let him finish the game. He was also talking about like other baseball stuff that was happening that he wasn't happy about in the way he used it. I think he called, I think he called something a shit sandwich. He did, yeah. I think he called something a shit sandwich. This is during a negotiation uh, between the PA, and he was describing it from, I believe, a player's perspective. And when I heard him say that, I actually thought to myself, this is the first time like one of the main media people have spoken for the player's side in arbitration before because normally the media is fed information from the leagues they have deals with the leagues the leagues let them know that they have deals with them and the way they feed their pitch to the players is always super players are a bunch of spoiled fucking pricks right always so jet passing coming out and saying well this particular offer was a shit sandwich actually i was like whoa all right jet let's go like that is this has never happened before then he had to apologize like two days later <laughs> and then uh you know that whole thing went down so i haven't even asked him but i believe jet is one of those guys who just wants what's good for baseball and a guy throwing a perfect game is good for fucking baseball i honestly believe that dave roberts managers our uh, manager for the dodgers said he doesn't regret anything because aj have you seen the stats of what happens to his fucking shoulder if he throws 81 pitches in one yeah. night? Uh -oh. Have you seen it? You don't know. AJ, Dave Roberts knows. You You're don't right. know. I guess I'm, I'm speaking out of school, aren't I? Baseball was – I played baseball. I pitched growing up. I understand. I'd arrest my arm at times, but uh, not nearly to the, the – even close to any level of what these guys do. But I still think for baseball, 
if who's Rob Manfred, right? You say uh-huh. he's an am- amazing commissioner. He's the commissioner. I've never said that. No, he yeah. is no one has ever you're a said huge that. Fan of his. I would imagine I, he would have wanted this to happen because this would be big news all over the place, and we'd all get to celebrate baseball early in the season. I hate Rob Manfred. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Just want to make sure that yeah, is mm-hmm. clear. I mean, On it's real record. Good Friday. It's Good Friday. Jesus did his thing in a couple of days. I'm back. Yep. Had last supper on Thursday. Tom Brady retired. I come back on Sunday. Bingo. Interesting series of events. Was he not 100% sure he was going to come back? I just wanted to make sure that people knew that I did not love Rob Manford. But I would assume if Rob Manford had a brain, I would love him. And if he had a brain, he would want somebody to have a perfect game because it would only be the 24th time in the history of the entire league that that happens. Now, follow-up. Clayton Kershaw, 34 years old. He's like our age, our generation. And I was talking about how there's no way. Like, he grew up in a generation where we were actually, like, you know, like drinking beers before games and, like, Mm -hmm. didn't really know about all this shit. I feel like we're the last ones, honestly. I I don't want to sound like I'm the last generation, but it is like we kind of were the last generation, our age group. So they're saying he was pissed off, but I think he even said, like, a bigger picture. Like, he he had to bite in. I'd assume he's not thrilled about it at all. No, this yeah. entire thing. Absolutely pissed. You kidding me? Like we said, he's never thrown a perfect game before. He's probably he's one of the like the five best pitchers in the last you know twenty years. Like this would have been a massive accomplishment for him. But what, what's he going to say at this point? So that high school in Texas would have a Super Bowl champion, what? a Masters champion, what? and then a perfect game pitcher all within like four months. Yeah, yep. that high school in Texas that they went to. Highland plus the um, super duper rich. He had <laughs> hey all of the money that uh, that oh, high school yeah, yes. indoor facility for the football program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably, I assume yeah. the baseball one does. If Kershaw is doing his thing, yeah. is this the closest he's ever been to a perfect game? I don't know if he's he's won three Cy Young, so I don't know if he's had one. But also, like he was at thirteen strikeouts, um, and I believe the most strikeouts for a personal for a perfect game was fourteen. So he probably oh could've, he hates geez. this. He probably Robert's he probably could have set that record too. He righty or lefty, this big soft Lefty. He was painting, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nasty curveball. Yeah, his curve. Oh, uh, 12 to 6. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Freeze you. Drops uh, off the dinner table. Like it's going at your head, yeah. Yeah. Just like that. By the way, top five in hit-by-pitch of all Street. time. Number five, Jason Kendall. Oh, Two, 250, I think. Hey, he would crowd that plate. Oh, yeah. Hey. 250. You're going to get a strike out of me? You're going to earn it because I'm going to be right fucking here and I'm not wearing gloves either. Nope. You can even hit me right here on this pinky. I don't mm-hmm. care. My pop time still going to be fucking ha ha. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jason Kendall crowded that plate. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to earn a strike with me, pal. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just eating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So many. Oh. That was before the giant elbow pads and stuff, too. Yeah. Well, he didn't wear gloves. I mean, he wouldn't yeah. have. No. That would not have happened. He's no. actually asking to put a, the hat on. Yeah, no helmet without right? the ear thing. Yeah, yeah, he was actually just asking to wear a hat when he went out there. Yeah, if I take one and jaw it, I know, you know, sauerkraut soul fucking went that way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the post? They made a post uh, about the pierogi race opening they day. They did? No way. Yeah, they say some things change, some things never will. And it was uh, jalapeno... Uh, Hannah, Hannah, mm-hmm. or something. She was in the lead. Oh, she always moving. Is. Yeah, yeah. Sauerkraut Saul was in the way mm-hmm. back. I think they buried Sauerkraut Saul. So, I don't know what that means. Oh, the people. I don't know what that means. They're three and three. Okay, good three start. Three and three. Hey, Pirates are back. Here we are. Here we go, boys. Go. Baseball fucking stinks. Let's move on. Okay, it's feel good Friday. 
Stephon Gilmore is an Indianapolis Colt, AJ Ooh. Hawk. Let's go, dude. We talked to Darius Butler yesterday about it. Darius said that in a modern defense, you need about six members of the secondary that are good because you're going to have to double a couple people, and then that's going to leave some people on, some very talented wide receivers, in which there seems to be a plethora of them coming in every single draft class at this point. We signed Stephon Gilmore. We get Julian Blackman back. We have Kenny Moore there. It feels like... Okay, we let Rocky Sin end up going to the Raiders. We get Yannick Ngakwe on the other side, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard. This is, hey, let's go Colts. We're making plays. And Connor brought this point up earlier. This is the best roster Matt Ryan has ever had in his entire career. Is it really top to bottom, you think? Has to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of, a ton of talent. I think what D-Butt is saying is so true. Now, for DBs to be successful, you have to find a way to get a decent pass rush, too. That's why Ngakwe is a, is a great addition. I think he's so he's speedy around the edge. I think he can definitely have a good year for him. But you have to have, I mean, maybe more than six good DBs. You have to have at least six that you trust at all times. Because DBs, we, we know with how offenses are, too, they may have three, four, five receivers at a time come out there. And the next play, they'll have one receiver. Like, they can just change things up. But everything is so, like, there's so much communication in the back end and so much film study where you have to know and be speaking pre-snap. The safety's got to be alerting the inside guys. Hey, this is with this split and where they're out in the field. Like these are the two little routes they like. Like you got to know what's going on. And if you don't have those guys that are like a whole, almost like an O line. You know, an O line when they play together on a string, like, they I operate as one. That's the same thing with DBs, but. A lot more ground to cover. Well, in Gilly Lock, the uh, Darius Butler said yesterday, incredibly intelligent corner. Like, defensive player of the year a couple any, years ago. Any great one is. Any great one has to be very, very smart. Have to know exactly what's going on at all times. Know when they can bite. Know when they can't. Know when they can make a play. I'm thankful he's here. We chatted about Darrell Revis yesterday, too. He was talking about how that dude just reset the market. I think he said Dion Sanders was the best mm-hmm. DB, uh, best yes. uh, corner of all time, just because it changed the game completely. I wish I would have been more alive uh, when Deion Sanders was doing his thing. Honestly, I wish I was. Yeah, I don't. I like. I saw. I saw a decent amount of Deion. I think maybe later in his career, I saw more of it. I. I remember a lot of Dion because he was a Cincinnati Red. Yeah. Like, this is sweet. Dion's on the Reds. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I've only seen highlights. Him at the Braves, right? And he played yeah. in the World Series mm-hmm. yeah. the same uh, same week as a game or whatever. And he didn't. He wasn't just on the Braves. Like he was a fucking guy. Starting. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. like a guy on the Braves. Uh, that's so, like when you really think about it. Like how awesome is that? That'd be so sweet to play Major League Baseball and fo- NFL football. Bro, greatest athlete of all time. I always, yeah. you know, I, I'm. I hold. Deion Sanders in very high regards, no matter what he says. Like, he can go talk shit. You know, if you ball, you get the call when he was doing that entire thing. There was a couple conversations that happened that I saw some people on the internet like, Dion really talking, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no. Like, he's one of the only humans on earth that can say whatever the fuck he wants because he was able to beat what? He was able to accomplish something that .00000001% of people in the history of athleticism have ever been able to do at a very high level. It's like, he, and when it comes to athletics, I think that guy is able to just do whatever he wants, but that corner position is where like the best athletes on the field are, they always say. You know, like, hey, they got to shadow the fastest people, they got to be smarter, and they have to have mental toughness just to be able to forget getting dunked on because that's going to happen. That's going to happen. It's And it's going to happen in... Moments where it is very apparent, hey, this is on you. It's one-on-one. You may have shut this dude down all game, and they had a big fourth down they needed, and the dude somehow made a one-handed crazy catch over top of you, and 
It's all on you. And you just shut this guy down for 59 minutes. Well, that's what he said. He said, let's say there's 60 plays and you are 57 good, but then three of them you get dunked on. You're out of the league. You're fired. You just had a 57, what is that, a 99% hit rate or whatever? And then you just give up three plays, boom, 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 and it's over. And once you give up one, by the way, they start seeing like, okay, is this the leaky valve right here? Is this where we are headed towards? And they're going to come at you again, and you've got to correct it so quick. The corner position is such a fascinating one when it comes to like – the mentality and what you have to be able to accomplish. And, you know, they're actual Ferraris, too. Like, every, they have to feel, and I think this is what Darius Butler is so strong about with Baker Mayfield not playing. Like, corners have to be above, like, 90%, 95%, because they have to keep up with guys that are 100% running 4-4s, four 4-3s. Four you can get exposed quickly if you have, you know, a little dinged-up ankle that's kind of hobbling you a little bit or a hamstring that's a little bit tight. You can get exposed quickly at that position as opposed to other ones. I think that's why Darius is so strong on the fact, like, if you are hurt, do not play because that film is going to be seen and you are going to be judged off of that film. And I think that's because the corner position is one where you can get fucking, how you doing, keep it moving real quick, AJ. Yeah, and but now like that nickel slash kind of slot guy that kind of covers their inside threats, that dude should be I, – I would imagine that position too will get paid more and more as time goes because, yeah, it's like, oh, it used to be, oh, he can't really cover one-on-one as a corner, but we can move him inside and he can be our nickel guy and, and he'll be okay. But now it's like, no, that dude can cover anywhere. Like your nickel um, or your dime dude has to be able to cover their best receiver at times. Best receiver, tight end. That yeah. is now mm-hmm. most teams like little scat backs out of the backfield when you're running different blitzes and different things. Like there's just so much that person has to do. I think that that position deserves some more respect. Probably. Stephon Gilmore signed a two-year, twenty-three million dollar deal, uh, guaranteed of fourteen. So who knows if that's a one-year, fourteen, two-year, fourteen guarantee? We don't know how it's set up until it gets out what the real expectations are for him as an Indianapolis Colt. But Kenny Moore put out a tweet with uh, zoom in on eyes or whatever, because he's going into his last contract and he plays the position you are chatting about and he plays it at a very, very high level. He is everywhere. Has to be able to tackle, has to be able to cover, has to have great ball skills, and also has to be incredibly intelligent. He is a guy that might be one of those guys in that market that you're talking about that might change the entire game. He should, yeah. I think that would be it would be cool to see that position start getting giant paydays like i mean yeah you, they'll never give him as much as like a number one lockdown corner probably but they still should get a big chunk of it connor you watch gilly lock how many years uh he was with new england for four years i believe three Pretty good player huh yeah he won defensive player of the year and we won a super bowl he had the game uh winning breakup against the jags in the afc championship he had an interception against the rams in the super bowl so yeah he's not just like a day-to-day unbelievable player like when the lights come on and it's the biggest games of the season he's also an unbelievable player then as well oh the colts are winning the super bowl huh they got a chance huh steelers dead patriots dead well packers dead whoever you cheer for dead matt ryan still lions dead bears done no 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 Goodbye, Dolphins. I don't care how much money and effort you're doing into that whole thing. And you, Nick, the Steelers, done. Let's never forget. The Colts are winning the Super Bowl. Let's go, dude. Patriots killed Matt Ryan. They own him, okay? No, 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 no. Sorry, but. He was born in the dark. He is well, coming back, man. Have you put a big bet on him then? If you're so confident in the Colts, you and FanDuel oh. plus 2,700. I would imagine you throw a bunch of money at Well, right now I'm betting heavy on the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Check that box out Because I lost yesterday the Cardinals and uh, Brewers. 
Phillies. 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 So Pujols is really hitting Cubs dingers tonight. still. Ah, Pool Pujols actually screwed us yesterday. Game game was 0-0, guys trying to steal third base like he's 20 years old, dude. Albert Pujols? Yeah, Yeah, he's so fast, man. It's awesome. He clocked in at like under one mile per hour. It was crazy. He's got to be 90 fucking years old. He's 40 plus for sure. Trying to steal third in a 0 Nobody knows how old he is. He's still playing. What are you talking? He's in Back with the Cardinals. 48. Yeah. Oh yes, that guy was a monster. Was he that, a, he didn't he hit a homer ago? opening day. He's forty two. Forty two. Happy so Jackie Robinson day. What he come into the? Did he come into they the MLB really know, really when he was fifteen. Right? Well, a lot of people actually think that he was like twenty seven when they were reporting him as like twenty one. So he could be fifty. We really don't know. <laughs> oh, Freddie Adu type. Bingo. Yeah. Two thousand one was his first season. Okay, well, shout out to Albert Paul. Yeah, still absolute legend. Absolute legend. Still I love Albert Paul. kind of fucked me over yesterday, but all right, dude. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. Joining us now to tell us more about the Gilly Lock situation and why the Indianapolis Colts are going to win the Super Bowl and anything else going on around the NFL is the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet, senior NFL insider for NFL Network and NFL.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Hey, hey, Where are we at? It? Where are we going? What? Well, I'm in a car. Yeah, we know. This is becoming your new scene. Where are you headed? Um, I'm headed to play golf. Um, I'm going to obviously make phone calls on the ride other than this to work besides going to play golf, but I'm currently going to play golf. And then after that, it's grind time to the draft. So you're going to lock it down after this. So right now you're in an Uber to the golf course? Uh, a friend is actually driving me to the golf course right now, which is actually nice because then I have my hands free to do things like talk to you guys, which is perfect. Hey, thank the friend, please. Yeah, thank, 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 thank you, friend. friend. Close, thank you. Good pop yeah. there. Yeah, yeah that's good pop. <laughs> Big fan of whoever that is. Uh, we appreciate you joining us here on your way to... I'm 13 days away from the draft. What, what, yeah, I mean, yeah. what are you? Lunch. Listen, I'm not coming I after think, you. you. know, I think what's important is just keeping a clear head amongst amid the craziness. You know, we had the craziness of the Gilmore situation. I don't know if you saw that, Stephon Gilmore signed with the Colts. I did um, see that. The craziness let's, going. Let's talk about it, okay? Uh, Jim Irsay sends the jumbo jet. Was that a 757 to go pick up Stephon Gilmore? There was never a time where Stephon Gilmore was not going to play for the Colts after that jet arrived and Stephon Gilmore said, holy shit, Jim Irsay was on the thing with a guitar. Yeah. Brother, welcome to the Colts. They fly out here. Was it... What? How... Locked was this in before the plane gets there, and what all happened in the visit to Indianapolis that got this finished and the deal done? Yeah, see, what's weird in these sort of veteran situations, especially as you get further away from, you know, really the crux of free agency, these visits are meaningful. And, you know, for, for some of the lower guys, they like just, they want to go visit and they want to go talk to the coach. like, if you're Stephon Gilmore and you take a visit somewhere, like say to the Indianapolis Colts, um, there is a pretty good chance you're signing, right? Because you know that there's a deal good enough that if you're going to go on a plane, even a private plane, that you're probably going to take the deal. So to me, what this sounded like was the Colts saying, "All right, we're going to, you know, we're going to offer enough to where it's going to be worth your while. Come visit if you like it. Probably sign." So like, I would say when. When it came out that he was visiting, I was pretty sure that he was signing. Like, this was his best offer. I know there's some other teams interested. Panther had some interest. The Eagles had some interest. 
but to me, this was always about your Colts. Okay, that's great news. This is the best team that Matt Ryan's ever had. Do the Colts have any more moves to bring in, like, Jarvis Landry or any weapons for him to throw the fucking ball to? Mm-hmm. You think this is the best team that Matt Ryan's had? Yes. That's interesting. They went to the Super Bowl. That's what we're, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. So you're thinking, so you're thinking, you're thinking Colts Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I actually just went around the room and I pointed at every single person that has a rooting interest of another team and told them they're donezo because we got Gilly Lock on the squad. Now, let's go back to the question. Are they going to get him somebody to throw the fucking ball to or are they waiting for the draft, do you think? I, I They've had some conversations with some guys who are available, but my sense is they're waiting for the draft. And that's one of the problems slash solutions with having a draft that has so many receivers. I mean, we could see six receivers go in the first round or more. I mean, it's like – and it's it's such a weird environment in the NFL because you have teams like, you know, the Raiders or teams like Miami who has traded for a receiver and paid a lot of money for it. And then you have other teams like, for instance, the Green Bay Packers and the Chiefs who go, we're good. We will wait for the draft. We are going to get someone we like. We're going to get it at a great value, and we are fine. And I think the Colts are more along the lines of, you know what, we are fine. Plus – Colts are going to run the heck out of the ball, so that oh, already makes every receiver a little bit better anyway because you know you got to defend against that. Bingo, thank you. Ian, any, uh, are there any developments or anything you're hearing about Baker Mayfield and his whole situation? Hmm. So since we talked last, we have seen the quotes from the podcast, and as I sort of thought, uh, he talked plenty about football. It wasn't like just music. This guy. Yeah, we lost you. What? Dude. Obviously, we lost you. You're driving through. No, no, hold on. I'm back. I'm I mean, back. You got me. We're getting this out there to that yup golf course. I mean, unbelievable. Ian. Come on. No, this is a good service area. You guys got me good? Yeah, we you never know. You know what I mean? That's the podcast, please. He did not talk about music in there, although I think he did probably. Yeah, he did. He did. He the whole Love thing. Music. Loves music. He's a, he's a normal human. He likes music. But yeah, Baker talked a lot about football in there. A lot about football. And. and you know, he identified the Seahawks as his likely team. That was a little surprising to me, I have to say, because I haven't gotten the sense at all that the Seahawks are that interested, right? I mean, I think the salary, they're definitely not interested. But they've added Drew Locke. They've added Geno Smith. Um, they may take a quarterback in the draft because I know they've done a lot of homework. Um, they had someone, Desmond Ritter maybe, um, in on Wednesday. Um, they've done a lot of homework yeah, on, these dra- on these draftable quarterbacks. So, I don't, to me, the Carolina Panthers seem to be the most likely spot for Baker Mayfield, or maybe a team that brings him in as a like big time, high money backup who could take over like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would make some sense to me as well. Wow, that'd be Ooh, quite man. a move for oh, Baker. Sure. How pumped would he oh, be? Yeah. I'm up in Tampa and I'm getting a team after Tom is. Do- How long's Tom playing? What do you mean? What do you think yeah. he's. I mean, I thought last year. The whole time that he would retire at the end of the year, which was wrong, obviously. But I mean, right, but then wrong. And now it's sort of like, when is he actually going to be bad? Like, when? Like, he doesn't look like he's declining. His team is still stacked. I would imagine, just from a coaching standpoint, this will be very, very similar to what we saw last year with the Bucks. And Bruce Aarons was involved, but, like, VA was not doing the offense. It was Leftwich and it was Brady. They should be the same, right? So, like... 
I don't know, Brady could play two more years or more. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm at the point now where I don't understand why he would stop playing. Okay, well, I think we all are, by the way, because he took six weeks off and said, well, I hate this life. I'm not doing that. But how come when we asked you about Tom buying, uh, being a part of the Dolphins' ownership and being Jackie Moon, you said that didn't sound feasible. Now it's being reported everywhere. Do you think that is his next stop? You think he plays out this contract with Tampa and then, boom, we're back to owning the Dolphins and playing quarterback for the Dolphins? I, I will have to check on this, but I'm not sure you can actually do that. Like, I don't know that you can own a team and also play for it. Jackie In Moon, some sports, yeah. you can't. Now, would they make an exception for Brady? Maybe. Um, but I'm not sure that you could do that. Otherwise, I mean, I think you probably know there's some owners who would make themselves the starting quarterback, right? I mean, Jerry. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. why you, that's why you own a team. That's right. <laughs> well, so uh, let's just go back to the Brady, uh, the report, the Dolphins thing, right? So I have not reported that. Florio has. There was another. Ben Volan, Boston Globe. Has. I know it's sort of being widely talked about now boston globe yes uh oh god there's me again hold Looking on good. you guys got me yes, yes. we hear you. Yeah, that is, yeah, you that is actually a good action shot right there um <laughs> so i i do not have it good enough to report where i know that was definitely uh, happening right so i know there was some interest i know there was talk i know one of his really good friends uh is a sort of part owner slash you know maybe the heir apparent in miami it's just think J-Lo, about J-Lo, the J-Lo, things J-Lo. that need to happen for this to have been true, right? Brady needs to – the Bucks would have had to let him out, which I didn't get the sense they wanted to do him at all. Uh, he would have had to join the ownership. He would have had to be uh, an executive. And then the league would have to allow him to play. And there would have had to have been a trade from the Bucks. It seems – and then they would have to trade to – it seems like a lot. And I don't know. To me, it seems like too much. Okay, so you're saying it sounds like a bunch of bullshit? I mean, I'm sure some of it is true, uh, but I have some doubts about whether the entire thing is true. Okay, last question from me before the boys have some, and uh, AJ, I sure has a great question mm-hmm. on this good Friday. Um, Kenny Pickett, only quarterback to visit the Lions. Is this MCDC doing his day, 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 day diligence? No. Uh, I, I think it is at least a consideration. Um, wow. So so Pickett, so Pickett visits today, and they had Malik Willis and Sam Howell, I believe, at the Senior Bowl, and then they saw the other quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl as well. So basically, at the end of all this, they will have had all the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl or into visit. The Lions have two. Seems they're going to take a quarterback, but I don't know. And they also have 32. So could the Lions leave the first round with a quarterback? Like, I think they could. And, I, again, the two seems early – but we have seen this before where the whole world was convinced some quarterback was going late one and some team falls in love with them. We saw it with Blake Bortles. Um, we saw it with Mitchell Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be yeah, – These guys I are all really good players. Yeah, good yeah. Yeah. Bad no, whoa. What? Whoa. What? Whoa. Whoa. The Jacksonville whoa. Jaguars to uh, the AFC Champion. The yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. We need Hutchinson. All right. <laughs> Bortles, had, Bortles had his moments. Trubisky, we'll see. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so what I'm saying is the Lions 22, I would be surprised, but not shocked. You look like your face was played out there for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You look like old Play-Doh face ass when it froze up there. You really mm. did. Awesome grommet. <laughs> Your voice came through later. A little remix. Sounded like Twista. Came in real quick. Remix. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Rem- absolutely. Yeah. What, how's your golf game going to be today? Terrible or good, you think? Uh, I played terrible the last time I played. Um, so I'm hoping that I have a little bounce back performance. Uh, um, I'm gearing up. I got my I got my golf trip in May, so I got to I gotta really impress oh, everyone geez. with how good my golf game is. So it's time to practice. Where are you going? This guy. Going to Kiowa, actually. Ooh, no way. The island yeah. course. No way. South Carolina. Hawaii. South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Hey, you're going to kill it out yeah. there. Yeah. Aloha, dude. Uh-huh. Connor. <laughs> yeah, rap That's Hawaii. Yeah, whatever, dude. Uh, we got nine new referees coming into the league next year because we got nine guys retired. We got any Arch Manning-esque guys coming up the pipeline that you know might change the game and not completely suck? You mean like any uh, Sean Hockley's sure. coming up? Sure. Uh, no. Cleet Blake. But there's been there's been a lot of referee turnover in the last three or four years. I would say more than I can remember at any other time. And it does seem like the refs are getting younger. For and I I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what it seems like, uh, which is good. And I don't know. I mean, the only thing that would make it better, of course, would be your PlayStation uh, yes. review, which. Yes. You know, I don't really see any momentum toward that. Um, That's because everybody's yeah, out I mean, to I, golf instead of worrying about the goddamn game like we are every yeah, single day. Yeah. Everybody's driving around you going. Guys, you guys are the stewards of the game, I would say. Well, thank you. We we take that honor. Mm-hmm. Stewards. Yes. And we, we are kind of, aren't we? We are kind yeah. of stewards yeah. of the Stuart game. Stuart Connor. Thank Stuart you. Ty. Stuart Tone. Thank you. Stuart me. Stuart Pat. Stuart AJ. Stuart AJ, yeah. Stuart Z. Yeah, uh-huh. Stuart Gone. Yeah, yeah. Stuart Foxy back there. Um, hey, good stewarding. Squire Rapture. Go ahead, AJ. Sorry about it. I don't know what Ian, what's uh, where's Odell Beckham Jr. going to be? Is it a guarantee he's going back to the Rams? Coming to the Colts. It's not a guarantee. By the way, we made some we made some headlines with our last Odell. Man, yeah. I started getting attacked by surgeons. Like, right, we don't know if the surgery wasn't good or not. I'm like, well, Ian literally said it wasn't. Sorry you're getting attacked for the first time ever. I'm maybe not being perfect. I understand he went to fucking school, okay? But uh, <laughs> not saying that is the normal thing, by the way. Not saying that's normal. Right. It also doesn't mean that the surgeon did anything wrong. Sometimes they just... Sometimes surgeons don't go as well as others. Like it's like we all, and I'm I'm guilty too. Obviously, we're all in a rush to be like, oh, surgery is a success. But they're not always successes. I and mean, we've seen guys. Um, oh, there's remix again. We've seen guys who've had who struggled <laughs> a year back and, and took you know took a full year to get back from surgery. That happened. Um, then go back to going back to Odell. I don't. Know if it's a slam dunk that he goes to the Rams, but they certainly seem like. The leader in the clubhouse he liked it there i know he liked la um i know that they know more about his medical than any other team their team doctor did the surgery other teams are interested but that to me seems like the most likely scenario go ahead tom ian who's going to trade for kyler yeah that was an interesting one yesterday for my guy tom pelicero right um so i'm i'm sure the teams have been calling um, because what happens is anytime there's a media report, which happens plenty, teams call around, right? That's what they do. They say, oh, wow, he could be interested, and they call. I haven't got the sense that the Cardinals would want to trade him at all. But just think about it. Before Kyler, they had Josh Rosen, and the whole thing was about, like, how am I going to get a quarterback, right? So I don't think they let him go at all. Um, 
but I would I would imagine the teams that be interested were all the teams that are interested in Deshaun. You know, from the Saints still need a quarterback even though they have Jameis back. The Falcons, you know, they have Marcus Mariota. They could get out of that deal. I mean, there's those teams. I would imagine the Carolina Panthers would have some interest. Mm-hmm. All of the same teams that are still sort of looking for a quarterback and may draft one would have some interest in Kyler. The other thing that's kind of, I would say, caught me off guard a little bit is why does Kyler want to deal so quickly? Hmm. A lot of times the best comes to those who wait when the quarterback deals because some other deals could get done in front of you, then yeah, you get to leave over them. The I'm surprised yeah. he's in a rush. Yeah, well, he there's six other quarterbacks, six in the last ten years that have gotten re-upped after their uh, third year going into their fourth year. Now, all of those guys, I, I believe, had won a playoff game at that point other than Tannehill who signed like a $90 million a year, uh, $90 million deal with the Miami Dolphins right. before being released to go to the Titans. So it is not abnormal. I thought it was early, too. I kept thinking, like, Kyler was much younger than he is, but this is a very normal time for quarterbacks that know that they're going to be the franchise's quarterback for a lot of time going forward to ask for a contract extension. We literally learned that. I learned that in the first hour here. Honestly, I just learned this. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not even just talking about in his career. I mean in the, in the calendar. Because uh, if you think about when all the other quarterback deals get done, they usually get done, like, I think Wentz and Goff got done in late June. Uh, Carr a couple years back got done in July. Luck got done in July. I think July 4th, actually. Josh Allen got done during training camp. I mean, that's when these deals usually get done for whatever reason. It seems like Kyler is pushing for something before the draft. And I know he wants it done, but, like, what if another quarterback, like, what if Lamar Jackson gets done before him? That helps his market. I'm just a little surprised that he's not wanting to wait until right up until training camp. That's what I'm saying. We do know you have good intel from Arizona Cardinals yeah, as well. Love them. Uh, AJ, go ahead. Last question for old rap sheet while he's getting ready to go golf after the Harry Potter Museum and the Pez Dispenser <laughs> Museum. Yeah. Now he's golfing. We are 13 days away from a $200 million economic growth to the beautiful city of Las, Las Vegas, Vegas with the draft spectacular. That's going to be fun. It is. Go- oh, that's when you're back to work. have a blast. Oh, wow. That's when you're back Hold to on. work. Wow. Sin City. Let, let lose. Happy Easter. My, my live shot location is awesome. The background is going to be the strip. I'm going to be in a, a suite at the Cosmo. It's going to be where Ooh, I'm on wow. TV from during the draft. It's going to look ball. Sipping martinis. Wow. You know where we'll be? Uh, in Vegas, next to me? No, no, no. Self in front of the Bellagio steps, next to our set. No, would have been maybe would have been cool actually. Put ourselves in front of those fountains. Oh, oh. Yeah. next, next time year. it's in Vegas. Yeah. Next, next time it's in Vegas. Vegas, we'll be right here. Draft spectacular. You, you're oh, yeah. our competition. Yeah. Okay, on draft night. Well, really? it's our biggest night of the year. It's our biggest show we have. We have no idea why. We don't know shit about fuck about any of these people. We got massive guests this year. Though. Hey, locked in, Rappaport. We got big time guests. I think. Hey, I think we're even going to have a couple war room calls. Whoa! Yeah, I think we're going to have some Seriously? Call- yes. Yeah, I mean, we're going all in here for this draft spectacular. Might, might even have A.J. Hawk in studio. Whoa. No, in studio? Yeah, maybe in studio. He's going to fly out there? Wow. No, drive probably. Job, yeah. Drive probably. We'll drive. We'll going down, Ralph. Right he's got to be dad there. Ian, hey, last thing for me. I Be careful out in Vegas. I heard from a, a former guest here on the show. It's not the same as it once was, but who's going to be the number one overall pick? <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I would say if I had to, if I had to guess right now, probably A. Hutchinson. But it's I do not say that's a lock. You're not. Uh, I I don't know that's a lock. Um, Javon Walker is is a 
pass rusher who I would say is gaining some steam. That's it. Um, some others in consideration. I would my guess would be defense rather than offense rather than tackle right now, just from where they are as a team. I'd say Hutchinson would be the smartest and safest. But sometimes teams are like, with the number one pick, I need to get the best ceiling. I need to keep this out of the park. Um, so I don't. I would say Hutchinson right now, but it's going to be interesting to see what they, if if that if if they take the triple or if they say I'm going to just go to the most athletic player I can find. So it's fascinating because a lot of people have put over how athletic Aiden Hutchinson is as well because that's kind of been lost in this entire conversation. And Darius Butler then mentioned about how, you know, there's egos on coaches as well. So, like, if they think that the bigger upside is on, you know, Trevon Walker for whatever reason, we're not saying it, they're asking their coaches, like, hey, you can, what, what do you think you could do? And they're like, oh, we could do blah, blah, blah. We can get blah, blah, blah. We can make him into something bigger. But we're also in the middle of smokescreen season, and you're about to golf. So what the fuck do you know? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what uh, I'm saying. But Darius is right, though, as as he usually is, because when coaches, you know, all these GMs and, and evaluators do the rankings, whatever, then the coaches get involved, and it's like, okay, well, this one thing that makes him someone we can't take, I can fix this. Like, And coaches get involved, and like, I'm not saying it skews the process, but it skews the process a little bit. Yeah, Easy way to make mistakes. Well, and also, it might make them feel a lot better about who they're taking, and you know, I guess five years from now we'll find out if any decisions made right. The fact of the matter is, a lot of these dudes are going to stink. Yep. Yeah, I hate to say it, Sorry. but draft half, half. probably more than more. that, right? Uh, first round is half, but yeah, later in the first round, later than that, it's. Not, not a good percentage. Not a good percentage. That's what So we make a big to-do. This is just like the high school kids that are on TV picking hats. Like, mm -hmm. you have not done a fucking thing. Like, it is hard for me to have any appreciation. But, I, hey, I would do the same thing if I was you, so I can't knock it too hard. Feels like that's what the draft is. A lot of comparisons. Oh, this is uh, the next Jared Allen. Yeah. Oh, this is a faster <laughs> Keenan Allen. It's whoa. like, whoa, what are we even talking about? We'll see if they can make it. We hope they all do. We hope everybody gets a billion dollars, including you. Hope you shoot uh you know under 90 today yeah shoot breaking 90 where i'm gonna go play it would be fantastic oh a hundo you're saying we're going 120 115 <laughs> it's it could be a little ugly i'm not gonna lie we'll see so do you like golf still even though you 120 130 you're still enjoying it uh i'll let you know at about eight o'clock today this this one uh this might take me for a little ride are you walking 36 uh oh we're walking we're going we're going to play Beth Page Black. Oh, you got no shot. So no shot. Beth Page We're going to walk, and by the 16th hole, like, I think it's the 16th tee, which is, like, up a big hill, and you really want to just, like, drop down and roll down the hill and fall asleep. So well, if I, I – hopefully I'm – well, there uh, we yeah, go. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Hey, yeah. thank you, Ian Rappaport. Hey, a uh, man who obviously played in the NFL a long, long... How many years? Ten years. A decade. Dang, Holy wow. Shit. Super Bowl champion. Obviously a pro bowler. Incredibly hilarious mission gender. Teej Lang. Yeah, Teej! Michigander. Uh, Michigander. Well, I didn't know if it was Michiganer. And then I remembered mid-word that it was, you know, there's a gander in there, and it just kind of, you know, kind of came together like there. Mm -hmm. Kind of came uh, together like that. I love hearing you guys, uh, Yinzers, talk, man. Age, I don't know. Do you think, do you just hear Mike McCarthy every time you guys <laughs> talk? 
Absolutely, so, and that's. I think uh, these guys were. They were happy to hear that. I like. I was like, yeah, this is Big Mike. Like when I first got on with you, I'd be like, this is exactly Big Mike. He really. He would. Big Mike would do well on this show. I think we appreciate. Oh. Hey, we appreciate the fact that Big Mike sounds like a Yinzer. Then mm-hmm. as soon as we heard it, we're like, no. And then AJ was like, no. He had pictures of like the stadiums and his house and his office and everything. He's super Yinzer. We're very happy for him because Pittsburgh, you know, hockey. Time. Let's chit chat a little bit here, Tej Lang, about the off-season moves for the Detroit Red Wings. You know, your off-season's beginning very, very soon. No playoffs, nothing like that. Will you all watch the Penguins, the greatest program in the NHL, and say that's what we need to do, or do you think the stubbornness of we were around when they were wearing, uh, you know, leather helmets, and that's when we were good. It, like, is there anything that can happen this offseason, maybe make you guys a little better? It's good for the NHL when you guys are good. It's been like 50, 60 years at this point. Teach? Is, is, this, is this supposed to be like a feel-good Friday, positive Friday? Thank oh, you. yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Thank I'm so sorry. Teach, sorry, sorry, sorry. I love you. But love still, you, Teach. Love you, Teach. Love you, Teach. When you have tradition like the Red Wings do, you just got to get back to basics, you know? And obviously, they're going through a little rebuild now, but they've got some nice young talent. Mm-hmm. Not to uh, sold on the coaching staff as of yet. Maybe Whoa. they're like, Whoa, keep it positive. Yes. I think uh, it's continuing to develop the young guys. And Steve Eiserman is the guy, you know, he's the guy that I think we all trust. He showed he uh, could do it in Tampa. I mean, look at what Tampa's been doing for the last five years. Steve Yeiserman built that team. So, look, it might take a little bit longer than uh, we'd all like to, but Red Wings just posted a shutout last night, man, against Carolina. They're a pretty damn good team. So They've got the potential there, maybe a couple more pieces. I'd like to see them. You know the one thing about hockey that – I, the Red Wings have been lacking the last couple of years. It's just kind of that physical style of hockey, right? Having a guy like I know we Gino probably, Malkin, but it's, no, not Gino. He's a scumbag. He got suspended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Tom, like he plays. You know what I mean? The style of game he plays. That type of dude that everybody hates. But he's, if he's on your team, you love him. I mean, just because he kind of sets that tone. I'd like the I'd like the uh, Red Wings to. Maybe try to pick up a few more of those pieces because that kind of brings you back to Detroit hockey toughness, right. you know, Darren McCarty era, all that good shit that we all used to love and and grew up on. I think look, hockey's a different game, but I'd like to like to see a couple of those guys in kind of set the tone. I got no, I got no problems with Darren McCarty, by the way. You know, I heard Darren McCarty heard what I said about the Red Wings. I, hey, Darren, if, if they were like when you were playing. It'd be a much different story out of my mouth. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. But for now, we got like the greatest program of all time. Uh-huh. Sidney Crosby, greatest player of all time. It's hard not to get arrogant about that. But let's go back to what you were saying about Darren McCarty and a little bit of toughness and guys that you would want on your team, not on anybody else's team. It feels like Motor City Dan Campbell is one of those guys that you would love to have on your fucking team, okay? He feels like he fits the mold perfectly for Detroit. He loves the challenge. He's always himself. He's very transparent. Three picks within the first 34 picks. Two, 32, and 34. What do you think they're doing because Kenny Pickett's in town right now. I know you're close with the Lions organization. You do some work with them. What do you think they are missing and what do you think they should focus on? And is this quarterback shit real? No, I think the quarterback stuff is all a facade. You know, this is a, this is smokescreen season, you know. I think a couple weeks ago there was a ton of hype around Malik Willis possibly being there too for the for, for the Lions. I don't see it. Uh, only the biggest part because I think... Hey, 
You know, I think they believe in what <laughs> offers you. Know. You know, probably not uh, upper echelon quarterback, but good enough to win you some games. But no, I think there's just so many damn holes on the side of the ball. What are you doing? Well, TJ, <laughs> his vacuum just exploded because he tried to sweep up fire. This has happened before. He smokes these goddamn cigars. I hit, I hit my mute button as I was vacuum up some ash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that thing sounds like a computer crashing. We yeah. thought you were cyber attacked in the middle of that answer. The first time we heard it, we were all like, "Oh shit, something just blew up." Yeah, yeah we were. It's him vacuuming fire because his cigars <laughs> catch fucking everything over there. I mean, it's. We're happy you're okay, AJ. Yeah. Happy you're, you too, I'm, TJ. We thought I thought a plane thought was coming to the Sorry, continue, TJ. I'm sorry to cut I, you off there. I don't remember what I was saying, AJ. It's, it's a facade. The quarterback is just screen. you think it's yeah. bullshit. They're playing the game a little bit. Yeah, I think it's uh with the number two pick, look, I think in a perfect world they'd probably love to trade out as most teams in the top five would, but there's just nobody really there at the top five that's worth, I think, giving up a bunch of capital to go up and get. I mean, all those guys are kind of mixed in the same group where potential talent, yeah, but are there any surefire, you know, number one picks, number two picks? I don't think so. It's going to be interesting what happens. So I think they're going to have a hard time trading out. But uh, I think it's just got to be defensive. I mean, you to look at the defensive ends that are probably going to be there. Hutchinson sounds like he's probably going to go first, but – then you got Thibodeau and even Walker from Georgia that uh, can, can be really, really good pass rushers in the league. So I think with the Lions, it's got to be at least one of those three guys. When you watch the team play last year, I mean, their defense wasn't horrible last year. I mean, with with how much you look at the roster and you're like, God, there's not really one or two dudes that you got to worry about. They played pretty solid ball for the majority of the season. And I mean, there was... There was a stretch there right about midweek, mid-season where, you know, they were holding teams to, you know, 17, 16, 19 points. I mean, you play that kind of defense in the NFL, you should at least be a 500 team, right? So, um, but that was the glaring weakness last year was the, uh, was the, just the ability to generate a pass rush, especially late in the games. I mean, they had a chance to win a couple of those, they, those late games, Baltimore, Minnesota. Um, where you get one stop there and the game's over, you know, and they just they couldn't do that. So I think it's got to be at least with the with the first pick, the second pick. I think it's got to be probably defensive line slash edge rush type guy. Teach, what's uh like? What's the the vibe there around the team with the fans and everything? You guys have the draft coming here soon. Two hundred million. Woo! Yeah. Hell yeah! Are people still on board with with Motor City Dan Campbell? Like, are they still all in? There's a ton of hope. Like, hey, these guys are going to turn around. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, obviously, um, last year was kind of the first time I thought around Detroit where there were realistic expectations. People knew that this was going to be a little bit of, uh, of a project um, team and with Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell coming in, I think kind of rejuvenated the, the city a little bit. Um, so I think there's definitely a lot of optimism. Now, you guys know like I do, I mean, you get kind of that free ride the first year. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of hope, Oh yeah. Um, you know. But you start getting into year two and, and you're still not winning many games, that fades away really quick. So, uh, But, no, I think there's a ton of hype right now just with the draft coming up and having three of the top 34 picks. you got uh, Hard Knocks coming to town in, in the fall that's going to be awesome for the Lions and, and for Dan Campbell. A lot of people get to see the uh, – you know, the football side of him rather than just the press conference, you know, pody show that he puts on sometimes. And then you couple that with the draft coming in a couple of years. Look, I think there's uh, probably more excitement around this this uh, this team now than I can re- remember, at least in the last 
maybe four or five years. So I think a lot of people are really excited about the direction that Dan and Brad uh, can hopefully take this team in. It sounds like you think people don't respect his football acumen enough. Have you been around him and watched uh, like film with him, or are you just talking about when he took over the offensive play calling, the team seemed to do much better, and you assume his football acumen is super high? Yeah, no, I think just talking to a lot of guys, I mean, I don't really get to spend a ton of time with them, you know, especially last year with a lot of the buildings kind of still being in that COVID protocol. You hey, know, it's still media- a thing, by the way, from what we've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're still, I mean, the media, you know, you're doing everything on Zoom. It's really hard to, you know, kind of form relationships and bonds with the people when you're just not in the same building. But, you know, I still got a lot of buddies that, that I played with that are still in there. And, and the guys rave about him. And they talk about how smart he is. And what I mean by that is, like, you don't really get to see that because a lot of the clips you see is, yep. you know, him talking about the kneecaps and him talking about, you know, bringing real life to practice and wearing, you know, a NASCAR helmet to, you know, to do a press conference. That's that's kind of the only clips that probably predominantly the most people see, right? So they don't really get to see the the football side of him, what he's like in, you know, on the in the meeting room, on the practice field. Um, talking to the guys, the motivation that he has, uh, you know, to, to get the players to just believe and buy into what they're doing. I think that I think he's really he's going to come out of hard knocks. Uh, I think a lot of people are really going to kind of change their mind, maybe from thinking, okay, maybe he's just a meathead type of former player, um, to understanding, you know, just his knowledge of the game and how smart he is. I, I think it's going to be good for him personally. Hey, Hard Knocks was great for us Colts fans to mm-hmm. watch and follow along, and then they lost, you know, yeah. and that's what Hard Knocks teams do, I guess, is yeah. they lose. So, hate to break to the Lions. I know this is going to be a surprise, but stats say you guys are probably not going to be good next year. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not good. It's not good. And maybe during Hard Knocks, they'll be able to pay Calvin Johnson to have a cameo. Ooh. You know, in hard knocks, That's an and then idea. he can pay him back his five. money, and then the curse is gone. You know, TJ. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. They're, uh, I think they're from what I've understood, that situation has gotten a lot better. So, well, good. I don't I know. Know. All right, here we go. That's good news. I think it's improved. I think it's improving. Okay, that's good news. Go ahead, Ty. Teach, I think it was on Masters Sunday. You put up a picture of that sweet fucking setup you have in your garage. Uh, how's the golf game doing, and how much better at golf are you than AJ? <laughs> it's uh the golf game is it did it's second week april you know it's still a little rusty we're not there yet i played yesterday i'm telling you i don't know how the weather is down in indy but i think the whole midwest is going through like this cyclone type thing right now i played yesterday i swear to god it was probably 50 mile hour winds. yeah oh at, yeah yeah it's been breezy like what are we doing out here you know this is just insane but my kids were off school so i you know figured i'd go Drink some pops at the golf course. But uh, golf game isn't doing great, I would say. But it has improved since the last time I think I played with AJ was probably, gosh, it's been a while. I mean, I used to be the, you know, type could never break 100. I just wanted to go out there and drink as many beers as possible. I started focusing a little bit more. I put the simulator in and started grinding a little bit more in the, uh, you know, out in the in the facility, I call it, out in the garage. So we, uh, we saved a couple strokes, but it's uh, – I'd say it's pretty average, pretty average. I, I usually high 80s, low 90s type of golfer. So True. I think right on par with AJ, actually. We, we'd probably make a pretty interesting match. Yeah. I've never broken 80. Yeah. I can shoot 88, and I can shoot 105. So that's my game. All right. Not oh, yeah. All right. That's the window. 
You play hard courses, though. You play, like, all those PGA court, like, down – what's that one down there in Columbia? Mirfield, whatever it is? That's a tough course. Is that Wexner's course. Yeah, yeah, I think that's private course. That's Wexner's course. Yeah, that's where I do the Memorial Tournament. No, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really nice course. I usually play about once a year. Oh, you played Augusta before. How'd you play at Augusta? <laughs> I have not played at Augusta. No, I've, I walked around Augusta for a while. Oh, he got invited. He got invited to Augusta. Yeah. Lost his friends. No phones. I'm going to walk around alone with a mask on. That was what a time. We got to do that again. Uh, whenever you make the decision to stop getting fucked up on a golf course and actually golfing, though, big decision in your life. I, I had to go through similar decision makers like i've you know i play pretty good when i'm like you know real so boozed up <laughs> i wonder how what i would be like if i was actually trying and then you meet some people that are like the super golf addicts and they're like no we drink after the round man we drink after the round you know come on let's get through yeah. this thing and i'm like those right. people are fun to play with though not you know? worst worst experiences yeah. of my life yeah i'm never I doing play, it i play probably with a serious guy like for me there's i found out and i've got a lot of experience i found out that there's like a sweet spot for me it's between Probably five and maybe seven, mm -hmm. like IPAs, is right where I'm hitting my sweet spot. Anything lower, I'm a little tight. Anything a little bit over the eight mark, I just get way too goddamn loose. With What's it. that, like so, the front nine? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Have a Bud Light, TJ. Jesus Christ, mix it in water, too. <laughs> I mean, got six we IPAs, you're drinking six <laughs> meals of alcohol. Jesus. <laughs> we, always, we always reevaluate after nine. So if I hit the halfway house... That number could go up to 10, 12. It could kind of Hell stay yeah. right at six range. Depends on how we're swinging. Did you hear him say he's focusing on the game a little bit more, yeah. not just getting boozed up? Six IPAs. <laughs> yeah, in the that's easy. This guy is awesome. <laughs> Is that a lot? Yeah, I understand. I think no, no. That's all. That's no. almost one a whole IPAs. Oh, <laughs> my God, dude! Whoa! Wait. Gosh, yeah, that didn't sound good. Um, <laughs> it's a, you know, after I got uh, after I got my public intoxication, after I got my public intoxication, the NFL sent me to these uh, Chicago. I had to meet with like all these psychologists and psychiatrists, and they had to deem my level of addiction or whatever, you know. And they ask you like, so how many nights? Uh, a week do you have a drink or whatever and I'm like well is this off season or in season you know and they're and I'm like trying to be as truthful as possible because they're going to ask you the same questions like seven different times at different angles so I said like ah, I don't know like three nights maybe I'll have a drink or something like that then they start doing the math in front of your face boom you know three nights is 12 nights a month that's almost half a month and then you go, bah, 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 bah. half of your life you are spent intoxicated like how do you feel about that's what we just did to you so I apologize it was quite a moment for me I assume that's what's happening for you right now as well you're you're preaching to the choir buddy we uh oh boy i better not say anything aj aj <laughs> talking about um yeah i actually similar not you know as you i think very public knowledge what happened with you back when you're youth right i think you're a different man but i also had to go through something similar and that it was it was pretty funny because the guy was like you know on a regular night just say you're just out oh yes how many drinks would you have? And it was like, you know, one to three, four to six, you know, seven to nine, ten plus. And I'm like, well, I can't say ten plus. Like, let's, <laughs> go the, let's just go with the three to five. And the guy kind of looked at me and was like, that's extreme. And I, in my mind, all I was thinking was like, 
Good thing I didn't say fucking 10 feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Good thing you, I didn't say that, man. Yeah. I don't know where I would have been after that one. But yeah, we had pretty... Was, that was back in our youth. We had a lot of fun. Yes, very dumb, very dumb. Too much, too much. We had very similar thought processes for all the answers, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like it, we had very similar... Because I was asked that same question, yeah. And then they had this whole recall portion at the end, you know, to see how much brain, whatever. And they are like, uh, you scored the highest on it. It was like, what's the next in this pattern and everything? I was like, oh, thanks. And then I looked at who had had to do this in the past. It was like... That was not a compliment. That was like, <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, of course, nobody, you know, whatever. It was, it was quite a scene, but we're much better. And, and we'd like to let everybody know who's potentially partying every single day of your life. Like, although you're having a good time, you know, whenever you decide to become an actual human, it's not a bad time either. You know, just, yeah. just something to think yeah. about. Out there. Yeah. Ain't that right, Teach? Positive Friday. That's a, it's preaching to the choir, buddy. That's a good sermon right there. I like it. Yeah, I had to go 27 months of absolutely nothing in the substance of abuse program, getting drug tested eight times a month. That was the worst. Yeah, I'll tell you that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to change for the better here. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, TJ, at this point, like, how much uh, more studying do you think teams are doing? Like, Do you think they know already who they're going to take or at least have like a top five in case one of their guys gets taken before their pick? Yeah, I would imagine right now the guys are probably teams are locked in, at least in the top five, you know, um, probably have a pretty good idea of who's going to be there, who they want. I mean, you always see a couple surprises every year, right? Yeah, there's probably going to be a team that trades up into the top 10, maybe because one, maybe because look, like look at Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, you see mock drafts with him going maybe one or two, and then you see some him falling out of the top 10, right? Maybe there's a team that sitting there at 14, 15, says, shit, look, he's still there at seven. Let's go get our guy. But I think as far as, like, the top five goes, teams by now are pretty locked in, I would imagine. You know, they've been working on this for, you know, probably a year and a half, right? I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau was – he's kind of the weird one because you go back, like, 18, 20 months ago, and it was like, as soon as this guy's eligible, he's the number one pick, right? And then this time of year, it's kind of like – Nobody really knows. I don't know. It seems like you might have some, I don't know, mental issues. I don't know, arrogance. I, I, the guy's a hell of a football player, so a lot of that could be smokescreen as well. But I'd like to think, like, the Lions, I mean, if they're not able to draft or trade out of that number two pick, like, they probably already have a guy in their mind that if he's there at number two, that card's getting turned in right away. Teach, when you look at these O-linemen coming out of college, is it harder to evaluate or is it harder for them sometimes to come in and – get in with an NFL system because of how weird the college game can be at certain schools and their wide splits and never running the ball at times? Yeah, I mean, it felt like college was going through a phase there maybe like five, six years ago where everything seemed to be spread offense, you know. Every team was throwing the ball 50, 60 times, you know, a game. And it was just – I think there was a lot of questions. How are the offensive linemen going to – handle being a three-point stance coming off double team right Fine. inside outside zone power like you just didn't really know but the offensive line is such a unique position where it's just universal right i think when you go from high school to college to the pros a lot of the techniques are pretty much the exact same your footwork's the exact same your hand placement's supposed to be the exact same i think for me the bigger question is for guys kind of like myself who came out of you know smaller schools didn't have a ton of reps against, you know, high quality prospects. Um, that's for me, it's those guys have more question marks because how are they going to be able to adapt their technique to NFL players? Right. Because 
a lot of these guys, like Trevor Penning, for instance, um, kid, D- Division One Double A kid, who's projected, you know, first round type t- tackle. Um, he probably could get away in college with bad technique and just tossing dudes all over the place, right? How 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 quick is he going to pick up on NFL technique, knowing that okay, you can't just do that. You're not going to muscle, you know, any NFL defensive ends out there. So um, I don't think there's a huge, you know, worry about offensive linemen when it comes to playing the spread or anything like that, pass protecting, because that's usually a position that translates. You know, Evan Neal's going to be a guy that translates from Alabama to the NFL. Icky Kwanwu, like he's going to be the guy, his game's going to translate to the NFL. So I don't think, it's probably a hard position to at least, you know, kind of gap out somebody's ceiling, how how good they're going to be. Um, but when it comes to technique and fundamentals, I mean, it's pretty universal. So, I don't think there's really huge concern, at least not with any of the top five, six guys that you kind of see in the mock draft so far that, that are projected to go early this year. Do all the guys in the NFL have pretty much the perfect technique? Most of them, yeah, the best ones do. I mean, like, you know, AJ, one of our teammates, Josh Sitton, I mean, the guy was absolutely incredible, and he made it look so easy too. You know, like every rep, I felt like I had to scrap and fight my ass off to win. And you're watching film, and Josh is over there, just like do 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 lockdown. It just it looks so easy, but you look at the you look at the footwork, you look at the hand placement, you look at you know just the general IQ. Like those are the best players, the guys that have the best technique. Another guy we played with, Chad Clifton, a longtime left tackle in Green Bay, had one of the best pass sets I've ever seen. You know his kick slide was absolutely crazy. Let's see it, man. Let's see it. Come on. You got to drag that inside foot though, too. You know you don't want to pick that foot up. What's that, dude? What's that, bro? Hey, fuck you, I'll cut you. All right? What? Hey! Wow. Did you see that? Uh, that's a sack, I think. That's a sack. What? Whoa. Probably from the other side, wherever the fuck you're blocking at. <laughs> Why don't you fucking block your guy? All right? That's, that's turning that corner pretty easy on you there, big guy. No, Aiden Hutchinson what? tried. Yeah. We ran Watch inside. It down. Cam Hayward did the same thing. We ran inside. Uh-huh. I mean, it was... What? I'm two plays, 30 yards, at least. Average. Run. No big deal. Left tackle. Are you showing us how big your house is? Is that what you've been no. doing this entire time? Your house is gorgeous. No, you can't even see my house. I just oh, want- we have. Oh, I've yeah. seen a lot yeah. of your house. Very oh, opulent. The wainscoting oh. is beautiful. Great. No, I'm at, uh, I'm at home with the kids, so I'm making sure they're uh, they're not messing anything up down the living room here. That's yeah, smart. It's a really nice house. You deserve yeah. that. Make Custom sure crown molding, like, looks like. Hey, look crown molding. Yeah, they don't even understand how oh, nice that is. Oh, whoa. the hell's that? That's a champion chandelier. Champion. Champion chandelier right there in the round room. In the round room there. Beautiful house, Is that the Oval Office there, TJ Lang's house? Oh, wow. Wow. The Green Bay Oval, Teach. Talk a little bit about more, more uh, AJ's house. I heard he's got. Uh, oh, yes. oh, he has that bookcase. Yeah. AJ Hall. He has a cult. He had a cult gathering at his place, and nobody, like, it With was. The Ferris wheel. It was unbelievable. Yeah, a whole carnival happened yeah. at his house. It's unbelievable. Sacrifice the goat. Good for you, AJ. You deserve it, buddy. You do, AJ. Yeah. Hey, boy, AJ. Oh, AJ. AJ, number five hey. overall, dude. Number Jeez. five. Look at Jesus. Oh, wow. Wow. I believe you're on the water too, Teach. Don't you? At least one of your kids is a stud hockey player, right? Yeah, my oldest. He's a pretty good hockey player. Oh, maybe he'll be a champion in a penguin. Yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't go to the wings. <laughs> oh, now I can't see it. It's it's white out. The sun. Flip the camera. Yeah. Youth hockey is crazy, though. I don't know if you guys played hockey growing up. It is absolutely insane. The best. I mean, from like the comp- competition level for ten year olds is like absolutely nuts. 
you know. So I'm still trying to get get my head wrapped around everything. But it is a uh, if your kids grow up, you guys have kids, have sons. I would hockey is a very very tough sport for parents. A lot of travel. Yeah, CFO Phil, he's got Lil Phil. And by the way, Lil Phil's a fucking player. Uh-huh. He's going to be traveling a lot with Lil Phil. He's in the full hockey thing. He just made some select team, elite team. Yeah. Oh, I forget what the name of it is. Something. They're going to be traveling even more. He's very, very Shop good. It. That's big time. Yeah, that's big time. You have AAA programs. You have house programs. You have regular tra- – I mean, it's just absolutely insane. But I don't fucking know. it's crazy, so though, like competition for 10-year-olds. You go to, like, a 10-year-old baseball game, and it's like, oh, it's okay. Try again next time. Like – Ten-year-old hockey is you like you. You feel like you're sitting at a freaking minor league game. Like <laughs> parents going nuts. <laughs> like it's going nuts. It's absolutely insane. It's just a total different level of competition for kids. Well, we go nuts every time you come on because we get a tour like we're in Zillow and you've done great. We get some great. Nu- oh shit! Shit! That's your room. Is. Oh my wow. god! You can Airbnb that it's thing for levels. multiple thousands of dollars yeah. Yeah. if you want to do some good photos, some fisheye lens. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can make that thing a ballroom, <laughs> which it looks like it already is. Uh, we appreciate you so much for joining us, man. Have a great weekend, everybody. Always good to talk to you, fellas. You too. Happy Easter, Bob. You too. Take care, guys. See you, I see you, Teach. Yeah, yeah. Teach. Yeah. Yeah. I see you, Teach. Woo. See you later, Teach. His house is sweet. Yeah. Yeah, his house is very nice. Unbelievable. He's been showing it on uh, social media. I don't know if he just built it or if he's just realizing how awesome it is. Because <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, we are out of here for the weekend. We can't thank you all enough. You're the best humans on earth. Happy Easter. We'll see you all Monday.